This is Jim Hosking. Jim is the director of The Greasy Strangler, and you are listening to Without Your Head. of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm Treacherous Trista. Great. And we have a plethora of guests because it's Sick and Wrong Week here on the show. It'll be Sick and Wrong Week next week when Sick and Wrong Film Festival happens. And uh, he's going to tell us about that right now. So- yeah. Hey, I'm Steven Stull. I am the creator of the Sick and Wrong Film Festival. Uh, this is our fifth year, but uh, because, you know, 2020 has been such a flaming dumpster full of shitty diapers uh we had to go online uh this is the first time that we've done that uh but the whole festival is going to be it's going to run online starting july 6th that's monday it's going to run all the way through july 12th that means that um the the model that we took is that all the movies are going to be available for you right from the start so starting monday morning you can start watching all the movies if you want they're going to be available on demand monday through sunday there's also a uh just any <laughs> too many too many live streaming events going on during the festival that i have lined up i'm going to be talking with a lot of filmmakers doing q a's over their movies and also uh some other live fun stuff going on um real fast if you don't mind neil i want to no. just throw out um to anybody listening right now if you're interested in checking it out um everything all the information uh you can go to sick and that's sick N, the letter N, wrongfilm.com. And if you decide you want to buy a pass to the festival because you're a fan of Nasty Neals, uh, I'm going to give you a 25% discount. Use the code HEADLESS. Just lowercase HEADLESS, one word. Use that as a, as a discount code in your, when you're checking off your pass. You get 25% off Oh, awesome. uh, because I love you. Well, thank you. I love you as well. <laughs> and Tristan just met you, so I'm sure she will love you eventually. <laughs> It takes a little time, yeah. (laughs) There's no rush. I do like the title of just the creator of Sick and Wrong. (laughs) The festival part is cool too, but you can just keep Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I saw, um, I I don't know, the the first time I ever saw one of those, um, I don't know, for people out there who haven't been to film festivals, a lot of film festivals have these like semi-secret midnight movie blocks uh, that they run late at night. It's all these weird fucked up movies. And the first time I saw one of those blocks at a big festival, I thought, oh my God, why isn't there a whole festival full of this stuff? <laughs> right. This is and the so secret said, midnight festival for a week. This is it. This is it. We got a, we got a whole festival full of this shit. <laughs> uh-huh. It's my, our tagline, my, my big mission statement, my philosophy is aggressively bizarre. That's what we're looking for. Nice. So let's uh, introduce some of the people here. I'm not yes, even please, sure so I can stop talking. here, and we even have more people coming on. <laughs> well, I know uh, I've met I've met some of these people. 
Um, I don't know. Uh, let's start. Let's well going on my screen here. How about Brock? Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey there. My name is Brock Cravey. I am the writer director of Innocent Boy, and um, out here in Texas. Very good. Awesome. <laughs> and I, I don't. Uh, how about Jorge? Jorge? Yeah. Uh, hello. Um, I'm Jorge Torres. Torres. I have. So I'm here, Night of the Rumpus, and uh, yeah, no, Stephen, thanks for everything. Pleasure. <laughs> Jorge has one York. of our feature films. Oh, you're in New oh, York. Nice. Sorry. <laughs> Jorge's uh, film, Night, Night of the Rumpus, is a feature, by the way. Um, we have, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, I just don't want Dan to talk, oh. is all that I want. Um, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> we have four features and then 10 shorts blocks. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Sorry. No worries. And <laughs> I probably should have asked that to begin with, but Dan. Uh, hi, I'm Dan Kofed. Um, I did uh, New Year's Kiss short film in the trigger warning block. Uh, I don't know why it's in the trigger warning block or why it's in Sick and Wrong. I mean, this is a classy, classy romance in, in the French style. It's a little bit new wave, a little bit surrealism. Uh, but you know, it's got a little over a gallon of vomit in it. It's it's a just real, real touching, tender, tender romance film. It's always what I look for in my romance for everybody. You know, not just in movies, it's, but yeah, yeah. It's basically, it's, portrait of a lady on fire, just like in a short version, right? Like, uh, it's 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 just a, it's a beautiful, heartfelt film. Um, you know. 36 hours of, of pure filmmaking passion condensed into seven minutes and, and some seconds of screen time. I don't know. I don't know how it even managed to, to trick this gentleman into putting it into his festival. It, it well, have you seen really, the other movies? really, <laughs> I've seen a few of them actually. Yeah. <laughs> that is weird being the trigger block. I wasn't prepared for a content warning at sick and wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to tell people to check out my film and I'm like, Oh yeah. So this is the festival of like all the worst stuff you would see at my film festival. And I'm in the only program <laughs> where they give you a warning before. Yeah. So You're in the, the midnight block of the midnight festival. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a real good show. <laughs> uh, Michael. Uh, hello, I'm Michael Fausty, and I really wish I'd have put some vomit and romance in my film, but I forgot. Um, my there's, a, there's a touch of romance. I think there's a little, a little song romance. of romance. Okay, okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I made Exit, one of our uh, feature films showing that sick and wrong. And um, yeah, I'm from the UK, as you can probably hear. I can, yeah. I well, unless it was a fake accent, you know, just a sound. <laughs> what a poor fake accent. <laughs> Ezra. Hi, that's me. Hello, <laughs> this is Laura. Uh, I was a producer on the movie Strange Bird. I'm also in it, getting blood vomited on my face, which I'll tell you more about later, oh, possibly. Spoiler alert! <laughs> everyone's sharing oh, their God. everyone's sharing their blood <laughs> that's vomit. Great. That's <laughs> My name is Laura Lefar. I'm the uh, writer and um, I'm a co-writer. It was written with um, 
uh, horror author Chris Kelso, who's Scottish, and he I, he is going to be on with me when we do the um, the Q and A. The Q and A. Okay. Um, and he was really the impetus because he, he came up with the the concept and yeah. So we we wrote that together and then and then got the hell out of LA. <laughs> got the hell out of <laughs> LA for twenty yeah. years. Now we're in Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh really? So am I. Oh nice. Right. What time? I'm on the Cape. Oh, sandwich. Cool. Yeah. Most people don't know where that is. Yeah, no no idea what you guys are talking about. Or even know that it's real. Yeah. (laughs) Where are you guys, actually, in Mass? Brockton! City champions! (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Much more happy about it than I am. Uh, Josh. Hi, I'm uh, Josh Copeland. I'm the writer-director of the short Serious Matters in the Middle of the Night, which I'm very proud is playing the uh, hepped up on goofballs section <laughs> of uh, the Sigurog Fest. <laughs> yeah, what are it's... the names of all the blocks? Well, so, okay, all right. <laughs> um, it's so funny. Um, like, you have this idea about what kind of blocks you want to program when you, want to, when you watch one movie or when you go into the festival, when the submissions start. But generally, the blocks always come out of the submissions, right? Like, um, one year, we had a block where, for some reason, it was just like I had close to an hour of movies that were all about pregnancy and weird things coming out of pregnant women and things like that. So it was nice to um, throw a block together like that. This year I had some interesting uh, trends pop up. (laughs) For instance, uh, Josh mentioned the hepped up on goofballs block. I had uh, a bunch of movies that came through that sort of centered on um, substance abuse or uh, substance abuse adjacent subjects so that's, I, I picked a, you know, uh, <laughs> a dumb Simpsons reference to name the, uh, the drug block after. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, the trigger, two of these guys here, Dan and Brock, they're both in the trigger warning block. Um, I, I think you saw some of these uh, movies, Neil. Um, yeah, normally, yeah, and Tristan, sorry. I, I, um, normally, uh, Sick and Wrong does not have any kind of warning block unless, you know, I don't know, there's a, a, a photosensitive epilepsy danger or something like that. Usually we don't, we don't put any warnings up on anything. Um, but I just happened to get a block, um, a, a bunch of movies that had the covered content that like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of jaded after five years of running the festival. I don't think anything really affects me, but I watch it with my partner and I show it to the judges and they're like, whoa. <laughs> so I, I, when I, when they react, <laughs> um, then I say, okay, well, this is something special. We're going to put together a special block of movies that, that hit a lot of hot button stuff that are probably going to push some, some deep personal buttons on people. And Dan, by the way, um, I have like seven of the 10 ish movies I've made feature very prominent vomit scenes. So uh, I had to have, my partner and uh, judges inform me that your movie was actually triggering <laughs> to people because I'm just dead to it. Like, it doesn't matter. I expect vomit. Like, if you if there was a, a full-on vomit scene in an episode of, you know, The Sweet Life on Disney Channel, I, it wouldn't yeah, phase me in a bit. I don't want to say too <laughs> much because, episode. you know, you don't want to give anything away. Give anything but too much away. There's, there's certain moments that definitely when you see it with an audience... So they, they, they get very vocal. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the blocks that we have, what do we got? Um, there's um, 
uh, I recommend people start. There's a block called Welcome to Sick and Wrong. That's kind of like a, just a survey course of all the Sick and Wrong, like what Sick and Wrong is all about. It's going to hit all the different, um, I guess, emotions that uh, Sick and Wrong is going to evoke. Then all the others are specialty blocks. Like uh, we mentioned the trigger warning block, the hepped up on goofballs block. Um, we got the girl problems block uh, because I had a lot of films um, like by women and centering on women um, specifically like um, I got a movie in there about a, a, a insufferable prick on a date, you know, and, and a woman dealing with that. And then we got a couple of period movies and um, I, I thought they made a nice block together. Um, and we have not the, period pieces like, you know, the 1700s. No, no, no. Period. Like, 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 Menstruation, just to be clear. <laughs> a few menstruations. Someone pieces. missed the chance to make a period, period piece. Period. There we go. Hey, just full of ideas. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I, we did get a, uh, um, a stop motion period movie, so that's really exciting. Uh, <laughs> that's a fun one. Uh, what are the blocks we have here? I have, I have two horror blocks. One is like a more straightforward scary horror because there's some really scary stuff in there. That's called the Room 237 block. And then there's um, horror adjacent, horror comedy, I guess. Uh, I called that the Scary Door block. Um, how many of these have I covered? Uh, there's, I, every year I like to put together um, uh, like the, the, the bad trippiest list of animated movies and call that my Saturday morning cartoon block. Um, last year we actually played those, you know, on Saturday morning when the festival was live and brought out cereal and gave all the attendees cereal. And we all like oh, nice. ate Fruit Loops and watched <laughs> fucked up cartoons yeah. on Saturday morning. That was a lot of fun. So that's not going to happen exactly this year, but I recommend watching them on Saturday morning with some sugary cereal. Um, a lot of, uh, I had a block of movies uh, called the Family Matters block that is centered on like dysfunctional families and family problems. And then um, two more. <laughs> uh, the bodily functions block uh, is, is all about the various disgusting fluids and stuff that falls out of human bodies. Um, that's a fun one. And then the last block is kind of, I don't want to say favorite because I really love all the movies. Every one of these movies is here because I love it. Um, that's the great thing about, like for the most part, Running a fest by yourself is, you, you know, sucks. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, but uh, because it's my thing, I get to pick, I handpick every movie that goes in the festival. And, and I'm really happy about that. Um, there's a, what's become a tradition is the deep end block, which is not necessarily the grossest or the most violent or the most upsetting, but just the, the absolute weirdest movies in the festival. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know, like it's the, it's the real essence of, of uncategorizable, I think. So the deep end block is one that I, I recommend that you watch, um, when you're thoroughly sleep deprived and in a suggestible kind of post hypnotic state was probably the best, best case. Um, <laughs> so those are the shorts blocks. Yeah. <laughs> and now uh, the features are, are they in a specific block or how are they? No. The, the, the features are, are kind of standalone. Um, uh, I don't know. I didn't want to, I don't know. Um, I don't really know how I would have packaged them. Like if, if the whole fest 
were live and everything were happening in sequential order, I would put them in a place where it made thematic sense. Um, but since, you know, each shorts block is roughly an hour and a half and each feature is roughly an hour and a half. So I just kind of left them all on an even field there, but we do have four features, two of which are represented right now. We have night of the rumpus and exit. And then there's, um, a thousand Kings and, um, Oh God, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like an asshole. Oh yeah. Barney Berman's wild boar. Um, oh, I've um, seen that movie actually. Yeah. I've had it's uh, a, Barney on the show. <laughs> Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. He's going to come and do a Q&A. I don't, he might be here tonight. Uh, he might be in the waiting room right now. I don't know. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's a fun movie. Yeah, I'm really I, excited I like about these lot. features. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So uh, let's see. Um, for Brock and Dan, since you guys are in the, um, the trigger warning uh, yeah. block, uh, it was, it, was hey. it hard to get people uh, to, to be in those, in those films? Yeah, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, so our film was actually a competition film. So they were already on the hook and um, we're absolutely going to hope for it. The, um, the hard thing that we had was um, the real vomit didn't work. So we had to use the fake vomit, but we told everybody we were going to use real vomit so then we couldn't convince people that we actually had used the fake vomit because the real vomit didn't look good on camera. Um, but we actually had one of the actors. Um, she actually did do the real vomit. And now, was it, it her just, vomit? Or? But, but it didn't work. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We actually we, 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 we tried it, and it just – you can't act when you're throwing up. And like you can't get a lot of volume, I'll take your word for that. Yeah. And you can't really control it, so it's just it's a bad idea um, visually. <laughs> and, well, I think it's probably a bad idea for other reasons. You know, and like you just you can't really do it over and over again. If you need to take a lot of takes, and so we ended up using the fake vomit. Um, and then when we were showing it to people, like we were joking about how we'd used real vomit. Uh-huh. So that nobody believed us when we finally confessed that we hadn't. Um, so that was that was the hard part. Um, but it was it was fun for for the actors because you know like one of them she got to vomit on me as the director. So like she thought that was a blast. <laughs> um, I guess that was a bit of a pun there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, everyone. Everyone was gung ho. Absolutely, that's <laughs> just one of those things. Like you don't really have time. It was a, it was a thirty-six hour right. challenge, and um, like you just kind of have to go with the idea that you have. So, <laughs> I mean, there's no time to second guess or any of that. So, <laughs> I'm a Brock. Was it uh, hard yeah. to get people involved in Innocent Boys? Yes, it was. It was. It was really hard. Our script was uh, filled with vomit and urine and uh, breast milk and, and blood <laughs> and nudity and gay cowboy sex. And, <laughs> and so particularly the role of Gabriel, who plays the young guy that wets himself and dies. Excuse me. Uh, I'm sorry. That's a spoiler alert. <laughs> We, uh, we, that was really difficult because we had to like lay him on the counter and then run this tube through his, uh, right through his underwear, up through the crack of his ass 
and underneath his penis to create this effect that was realistic that he was urinating himself from in a, in an overdose scene. And so presenting that to a bunch of actors, it was like, no, 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 no. And so that became pretty difficult to get someone that would play that scene. But uh, Saul Vasquez, he's a model in Texas, and he, he was very willing and he did a great job. Um, negotiating nudity was, was new for me. Uh, we brought in Cami Bruder from, uh, from Los, uh, Los Angeles, and we had to, I guess I basically had to convince his agent that we weren't going <laughs> to, we weren't going to go too rough on him. And like, they sent me diagrams, like of a human body. And I basically like with the doll, like point where the camera will look at, you know? And so I had to like circle all the areas and I was negotiating like pubic hair and like the top of the pant line and like the shirt off. And I'm like, that was really new for me. And then another challenge was finding someone that would play the role of Penny, which was a young uh, black trans boy. And so that is a difficult role because that is still an emerging talent. You know, young, trans, person of color, open, willing to do these type of scenes, especially with the subject matter. So I had, I had trouble casting, but I am so pleased with who we got. They did a fantastic job. Every one of them was phenomenal. We won a, a uh, ensemble cast award, so I'm really, I'm really proud of that. Yeah, yeah I got to see um, Innocent Boy at South Texas Underground Film Festival uh, earlier in the year before everything you know went to hell, but... Uh, yeah, was, they actually showed it twice because uh, they were big fans of the movie Mary Ellen Robert uh, Perez. And, yeah, it's it a great movie. Yeah, they showed it twice, and and I saw the the new cut. It is a different cut than the one I saw. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, that is the cut that has been uh, distributed and released. And we have a couple new scenes. We changed some music, and uh, I'm real pleased with it. Twice, that's great. You know, I heard we won the uh, Elvis Award, which was the ten year old voice. Yeah, well, I, Elvis, Elvis was my cameraman for the weekend. So there's a really? lot of strange zoom ins and outs during the interviews, but he's he's amazing. <laughs> Elvis is the man. I was like, just kids watching this, and then uh, it just reminded me my my dad used to let me rent anything I wanted and watch it again. So that was pretty cool. A little ten year old picked that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elvis is great. Uh, I did not know that it actually won the Elvis Award. So very good. Yeah, and I had to like write Robert. And I was like, what is the Elvis Award? <laughs> He's like, my, uh, my young son liked your movie. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he did. Yeah. Uh, Jorge, I have not seen your movie, I don't believe. So uh, I wish you would like to talk a little bit about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's uh, just uh, it's a collaboration with this. Uh, it's, um, yeah, just a collaboration with my childhood friend. I've been making documentaries and horror films for a while and then I he just had this crazy idea and this was sort of a weird uh no script go at it kind of like sending note notes on, on on like through text and improvising and then still having like the sort of structure of you know of a, of a classic sort of creature just you know chug uh lovely uh film and uh yeah and we just improvised through it uh during the time of uh the wild rumpus which is a 
this 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 festival this a week before Halloween in Athens, Georgia, and uh, they uh, I I really like to shoot sometimes during um, events. I, I made this film called Fat Tuesday, and I shot it during Mardi Gras back in the other time of you know the other era, and uh, just shot through. New Orleans, uh, Mardi Gras, real Mardi Gras with characters and this girl's like killing off her friends. So we were trying to like do that kind of stuff with Walt Grumpus and Athens, Georgia. This is what we ended up with. And it's probably the most like, you know, child, like sincerely childish, lovely thing I've just enjoyed doing with my, with my friend Dane, Dane Marks. Yeah. Well, other than it, uh, Rumpus makes me think of uh, where the wild things are. So. I don't know if there's yeah, any connection I, or not. Yeah, there's there's definitely not a connection, but um, but yeah, it's just a festival. Oh, actually, haha, I don't. This is how since the film is made through documentary stuff, I actually get that. I actually got this this information of the guy that started the Wild Grumpus Festival was he actually had a you know where the wild things are costume and oh really started, started bar crawling so. You know, thank you so much for you know just un- unglitching there and uh, my mind. Uh, but yeah, he, and, it, and it's actually mentioned in the film, which is really funny. I, so I totally and um, so yeah, no, it's it is kind of connected to that to a certain degree, and then it goes into a schlocky docu schlocky kind of you know kind of territory. Uh, Mariella brings up uh, Perez from, uh, she says that uh, Jorge makes beautiful films, and she also says that Elvis snuck into the theater to see uh, Innocent. Um, yeah. what, what, what made you uh, decide the second round would be a good festival uh, to submit to? Um, well, the, I've, uh, I, I've made documentaries about orphan children, and I've made horror films and and I never tapped into this side and this film just basically is very different than all the other work I've done but it, it comes after doing like over almost like a dozen revisions of franchises just taking franchises and, and edited them into a single film cleanly and uh, color corrected like Phantasm and Evil Dead Revision and just all these and, and that sort of led me into this place with Night of the Rumpus, which actually puts me in this territory where Sick and Wrong is kind of like the, you know, it, it's very specific. You know, I've gone to slam dance and other festivals in Cannes and, and stuff like that and Sundance, but it, it, there's a completely, you know, from Fantasia to Fantastic to, you know, to Sick and Wrong, there's all these, they're, they're, you know, those have gotten more commercial, but they did this job of like unearthing these, these gems are all always there. Um, mm-hmm. They're just always in and out. They're just uncovered, you know. Yeah, and this for everybody, but like we are saying there, I always, uh, one of the appeals to me for festivals, uh, a lot of movies play at them that might not necessarily fit into to one specific category. Like you said, it's documentary, but it's also, you know, these films could be, can, you know, what are they exactly? Are they horror? Are they uh, underground? What is an underground heart? You know? Transgressive at heart, definitely. Um, in a very progressive, I don't know how to, it's the transgressive that we need to keep to maintain a distance of some sort between genre and, I don't know, it's just needed, those, those extremes. And I think just talk, hearing Stephen talk about the, the whole roster is like, it's crazy because it's, you know, 
it's just mind bending. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Michael also made a feature exit. So, uh, talk about uh, what what people get to see when they see exit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we made exit nearly oh god two years ago now, and um, it was kind of written against the background of you guessed it Brexit. And uh, funny enough, the time we were kind of writing it, we thought, well, this will all be over by the time this film actually comes out. And I think literally we left the European Union, the UK did about two days ago. So there you go, highly topical. Um, the The film was shot in about seven days and it's about two couples who double book in um, an apartment in London and then sex, drugs, murder, trying to avoid spoilers all then kind of sort of like kick off and we didn't ever really want to come down on one side or the other because the whole brexit debate has been fairly toxic over here so we didn't really want to kind of be too um sort of judgmental and we didn't really want to sort of preach at the audience so there's also something of a kind of sort of trippy uh dreamlike feel to the whole movie which you can either see as a dream or a nightmare. I did see Exit, so I I, I said I did see Exit, and I really liked it, and I liked, you know, the contrast of the two couples. Thank you. Which I did not know was about Brexit, because I'm not very smart. (laughs) Um, We didn't really want to hit the audience over there. there. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, you've got one couple who are French and one couple who are English, but it's also about social class as well, another great British obsession with the, the English couple being you know, very much a working class couple and the French being seen as this kind of aspirational sort of um, middle class couple. Mm-hmm. Where did you shoot that? It was all pretty much shot in London. Um, so we shot the interiors in West London and then the exteriors is um, it's all shot in North London. Um, at a building which is one of the oldest schools in the UK. And yeah, it's about 500 years old, but it just kind of tied in with that idea of this this kind of like place in which people get trapped and are stuck in the past. And, you know, the, the exterior, I think, really sort of fitted what, what we wanted to do. Uh, Stephen, is it harder to pick uh, which features you're going to play? Because, you know, just time-wise? Uh, yeah, so... The uh, submission period for Sick and Wrong this year ended at the end of March. And at that time, you know, of course, I still had, well, not at the end of March, but like by the time the middle of March was rolling by, I still had it in my head that we were going to have a live festival. And the biggest limiting factor of my lineup is the time I have in the venue, right? That's the most expensive thing is, is finding time in the venue. Um, so I had um, kind of everything sort of, whittled down to, you know, um, as tight as I could make it. And then, um, the fucking pandemic hit and everything went to shit. And, uh, by the time, um, I got back to looking at the program, you know, I was able to kind of, I don't, the language is here is tricky because the truth is, okay, let me make it clear. Every single year, the second round, even the first year, and I was, I was, baffled that this happened because I don't think anybody would submit the first year, but every single year that sick and wrong has happened, I have had to reject movies that I wanted because we just didn't have time for it. Uh, I couldn't afford, you know, if I could afford 11 days in a venue, 
if I could afford a theater for 11 days, shit, yeah, I would take everything. But every year so far, I've had to cut stuff. Um, this time around, when we made the move to online, um, I had already had kind of overbooked myself for a live event. And so part of me was kind of happy that we would go online because then, you know, great. I, there's no more time restrictions. I can just say, here, let's open the movies up for a week and then I can have 25, 30 hours of movies and there's no problem with that. Um, the problem was uh, this time around and, you know, everything is totally new. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just, I, I may look like an adult, but I'm fucking faking it. Um, the problem that I ran into was that there were several movies that had to pull out because they had signed distribution agreements that didn't allow for online play. Um, and I understand that. I don't hold any grudge against these people. You know, I, I would never try to come between a filmmaker and their distributor. You know, it's, uh, you got to do what you got to do. I do want to mention, uh, and I tried to mention this before, that uh, the platform we're using has like multiple DRM protection on it. So you guys should not fear piracy just because your movie's going to be playing online. <laughs> um, uh, but besides that, anyway, you know, like that was that was a fact. I lost some movies that I really, really wanted to play just because they had these um, distribution agreements. And I mean, that's, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just sad. I wouldn't, I don't hold anything against. Um, in fact, some of the sicky nominees, uh, had to pull out because they were in these agreements and I promised them that they would stay in the considerations in the, in the judging considerations. And they absolutely did. Um, and I don't want to give anything away, but I'll be able to, at least I'll be able to back up that claim during the awards ceremony on Sunday, the 12th. <laughs> yeah. By the way, not just cause you're here, but, uh, you- it's like the best trophy I've seen. I've, anytime and someone's on who talks down. about the, yeah. Really <laughs> awesome. um, well, here, I'll be right back. Talk All to right. Laura. Yeah. Yeah. Laura and Ezra. Uh, you guys want to talk about your movie? Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's so exciting hearing about everyone's movie. I'm so excited for this festival. It's, it's awesome. Um, my uh, first debut feature film was named Boned. Um, it's distributed on a number of platforms and it's uh, unromantic comic noir. Um, and after making that movie and the whole process of the feature and, you know, all that goes into that, um, I was kind of off movies for a little while. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do another. And uh, Chris Kelso came up with this idea and, and then I was like, I don't know. And then we were like, um, okay. We'll, we'll we'll do it. We'll make a movie this short if we can do it completely differently than any uh, way that we've made a movie before. Meaning, we wanted to do it in a much more kind of intuitive way. We wanted to do it for as little money as we possibly could, and we wanted to do it guerrilla style. And we wanted to do it um, with the smallest crew we could possibly get. And we wanted to do it. Um, in a way that made us feel like real artists, that made us feel like we are going to just make this thing that feels right instead of something that, you know, clicks boxes or, I mean, uh, um, none of my stuff clicks boxes anyway, (laughs) but we just wanted to really make something that felt completely different from anything we'd done before and something that felt very, um, uh, dreamlike and weird and was inspiring to us to make in a way that, you know, in a different sort of filmmaking process. So um, using that kind of weirdness as our template, 
we had mostly a four-person crew with others, but we really had this very small, minimal crew, and we um, we shot over two weekends. Um, we had to do the second weekend because uh, um, one of my producers um, suddenly had to have kidney surgery. So if you see Ezra's performance in there. Um, my performance is a full-on kidney stone agony ridden performance. <laughs> Speaking of sick and wrong. <laughs> so, so, I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> Fine now. I will say that, you know, being the, I don't know, whatever sort of person I am, I was like, we're scheduled to shoot this weekend. <laughs> we have to still keep going. <laughs> I would be up in the bed. Be like, Ezra, it's your time to get on camera. I'm like, need <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, he's like moaning in the bathroom, ready to faint. <laughs> we're like, ah! <laughs> we're all laughing, you know. But yeah, what a diva. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So we really, for us, the whole process of, we we knew that this wasn't going to be a movie for everyone. Um, But what we hoped is that people would, when they started to watch this movie, realize like, oh, I'm settling in for something that's, that's different. It's a different sort of experience than the sort of narrative style that we've become used to as um, modern cinemaphiles. So, so we, we were trying to create something very much like a, a nightmare. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of the things, if you don't mind, I'm sorry, I don't jump no, in. No, of course not. Um, one of the things that I really gravitate toward when I'm watching the submissions is movies that don't do any spoon feeding, right? Movies that don't hold your hand and explain uh, everything that's happening in them so that, yeah, you know, uh, you walk out of them knowing, uh, having a complete understanding, you know. I, and I, I just want to bring it up right now because we have on the screen at the moment, a collection of a lot of filmmakers who kind of exemplify like their movies, like Laura's movie, Laura and Ezra's movie and Josh's movie, and, uh, Jorge and, and Michael, everybody here, like their movies don't spell anything out for you. Like they have to sit in your brain and kind of roll around in there after you, after you're done watching them. And that's, that's, that's very crucial to, to, to me as a film goer. That's what I love. And that's what I love to put up on the screen. So she just made me think about that. Um, I think you succeeded. At least, you know, at least I think so. <laughs> Thank you. And then when I was looking through, you know, because it was such a different sort of movie, I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know who's going who's gonna to want this. Well, it's funny. When we would submit to other festivals and you look at the categories, mm. there's experimental, horror, and thriller. We don't fit into yeah. any of those. And yeah. Obviously, I'm sure everyone here, it's the same thing. Yeah. And Thick yeah. and Long comes up and you're like, ah! I was like, in, in that when I wrote to, in my thing, I was like, I don't know how wrong we are. We're definitely sick. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should it should be sick and or wrong. <laughs> uh, had your other films uh, uh, played festivals before? Did Bone okay. play? Yeah. Yeah. So Boned, uh, we we actually premiered Boned, and I'm so proud of of this movie Boned. We, it was such a miraculous movie that we pulled off. Um, so it played at the Toronto Independent Film Festival, which can be confused with the Toronto Interna- International Film Festival. It's not the same thing. <laughs> it's the Toronto Independent Film Festival. So we premiered there, and and we won the best micro budget. Um, 
Oh, nice. micro budget feature and all of the people involved in bone it was such a labor of love we had so many uh just amazing amazing people angela landis produced that with me and she's the star um josh randall's in it by ling is in it joe mikan edited it just rocky produced it i have to call it their names because they all like you know carried this movie on their back for so many years um so so yeah that was a real labor labor of love and you all can watch it on demand right now <laughs> and it is called bone <laughs> so people are like is that a porno yeah. I'm like she's a dog walker <laughs> a right, well, show's over i'm gonna go watch a movie now no <laughs> just because she's a dog walker doesn't mean it's not a porn <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive <laughs> josh let us know about your movie please well, I do. I have to say, I feel like a odd person out because my movie doesn't have any vomit in it. Oh, <laughs> I feel like I'm. I you really let, let you all down. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm really there sorry is, about that. We, we need a person, uh, a it. cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's um, it's you know, it's a good old fashioned uh, southern cyberpunk drug dramedy uh, about a rideshare driver slash drug trafficker who kind of falls into the subculture of uh, people tripping a digitized religious experiences so is that inspired by anything are you a share writer or are you it's based uh, on a true story you, it's based uh, on true okay. story no it's uh what well, i mean <laughs> i had friends uh yeah i'm from nashville tennessee uh and it's very much sort of in that that kind of city where it's uh it's a southern metropolitan city but there's still that southern thing of it's very religious you know um and so sort of drawing on that a bit, but I maybe or maybe not knew a few Lyft drivers there who were doing a little something on the side as well. That might have inspired that some. Uh-huh. But so not there's really. no puke, not, but there's, there's, there's some drugs in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely, I, I feel pretty positive. It earned its spot in the hepped up on goofballs <laughs> right next to the beautifully titled Richard Nixon getaway driver. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that one. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah, I've seen that. It's very good. <laughs> I, I loved it. Oh, I'm sorry, Neil. I'm sorry, Neil. I just like this is the first time I'm, I'm meeting any of these people, so I, I just want to gush at them about their movies. Um, I, I loved uh, the the way you did. Um, I loved your depiction of the future. Like it, people tend to when they're making a, like a science fiction any kind of movie, they 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 want to make these broad strokes. Um, but like <laughs> you. It was, it was definitely futuristic and still very, very like relatable. Like it's, it still looks like the the world that we live in. You still have, uh, you know, she's driving in her messy car and she's got some shit lying around. It's not all, you know, sleek, uh, chrome surfaces polished by nanobots flying through the air or whatever. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's very believable, very plausible, and yet still techie and cool i don't know I really don't oh, know. Like <laughs> that. yeah there's a shot very early on i hate to spoil for people but this, it's early in the movie there's a shot where it's sort of there's a flying car that goes right overhead and the camera pans down past this sort of cyberpunk cityscape and then lands on our main character in her 1999 ford escort <laughs> that's the world we live in and yeah. it's that that escort world so is that hard to take like- on like a, a futuristic you know uh, film you know on a i assume it's not a huge budget no, no, no. This is there's no, no budget. This was uh, shot using sort of what was left over after rent from my paychecks. Uh, it was cheap and borrowed equipment. 
Um, the crew generally consisted of me and like one other person who was free, usually a member of the cast. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, no, it was, it was really just about trying to find ways to kind of, um, you know, background details uh, and things like that, that I could then kind of, I used very sort of retro, I, you know, watched a lot of um, like how they did flying cars and Blade Runner and things like that. I used a lot of sort of older, like almost matte painting and optical techniques, but just in after effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, it's very, very well, really, you know, like the tech, that's just another tool to, to do what you want to do. Yeah, uh, very know. much so. I mean, some people look down on, you know, using digital effects, but. Well, yeah. And sort of mixing the techniques of the old, you know, uh, old optical style, but in a digital way was like a fun challenge. So, but it's, it's not like, this is much, this, uh, still from Johnny Mnemonic is much higher budget than any, anything in my movie for sure. That is an underrated masterpiece right there, by the way. I'm saying, in fact, my movie is kind of just the Johnny Mnemonic fan film. I I had, I had the orange VHS tape of Johnny Mnemonic. It had like a translucent color. Yeah. Where you could see the tape in his head. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) Uh, Tristan, did you have a question for anybody? I'm sorry to, uh, Okay, I do have a, a comment. Um, uh, Josh, I haven't seen your film. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But um, Laura and Ezra, you guys were also talking about um, Strange Bird being so low budget and having like a bare bones team. And I wanted to mention that I, I never uh, at any time watching that thought of it as a low budget film. I just thought of it as a film and I really went along for the ride. So I'm very impressed. Oh, thank you. That was so, I mean, when you look at sort of creativity as like defined by the constraints, what we thought is, okay, we're, we don't have, you know, I basically, it was all out of pocket and my pockets are very, very, very small. (laughs) So it was all just kind of like, oh yeah, I guess you guys, we have, we have like tacos and that was our big splurge (laughs) for lunch. It helps when you have an awesome DP. Yes. Who is our co-producer, Cody Wagner, who's made it look fantastic and and, and he edited it he edited it as well i do want some credit for that wow. <laughs> he did some sequences that were out of my yeah. he brought a flag awkward what i wanted to bring up what cody did what cody did the director of photography editor it's same thing <laughs> <laughs> and we had musicians in Scotland uh, called Puma Jaw duo score it, and they were awesome. So they were amazing with music and good cinematography. It's amazing. Well, and and the idea, the sort of hook that we had for people working on it is we worked with people who were, you know, who, who know knew what they were doing, and the the hook was that when we pitched it to Cody to come on board, is we were like what we want to do is make something as absolutely cool as we can. We want to make it look as amazing as we can. We want to, we want this to look beautiful, but we, but we don't, we don't have have no money. Make it happen. (laughs) So what can we do? (laughs) So it was that kind of challenge of like, how do you make something that looks beautiful and, you know, feels that way. And Cody, God bless him. (laughs) He was like, he was he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you are a big part of why it was so effective as well, I think. Oh, thank you so much. So I, I've, I, thank you. I appreciate that. I am, I am an actor. 
and I wanted other actors to to do the role and my first actor like so I I, I pitched it to other actors and um for whatever reason they couldn't do it, it um one one of my favorite actors she was amazing she was like this is not it's too um it goes to a place that I really don't I don't think I can go and um right now and I was like okay so I I, I cycled through some actors and then I was like Fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> I knew the whole time she was gonna do it. I, I knew. Like you can try and get those people; they're awesome. I hope you get. But, I but the thing is, like, I love working with actors. I really, really love it. The thing that was amazing was that I made myself do things I would never ask another actor to do. There was things that I that that really allowed it to kind of go. I mean, next time I, I direct, I will ask the actors to do those things. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big lesson to me. I was like, oh, yeah. Well, why not just take dirt off the ground and smear it on yourself? It's <laughs> <laughs> the I'm, Sam Raimi school. I mean, torturing actors is one of the best parts of being I know, a director. I, know, but I, I, always, as, I always, like, I don't want to do that to him. But. Well, I'd love to see you in more things, so. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Welcome. Well, I can tell you. Well, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you later. <laughs> movie Jesus Freak, which came out in nineteen no two thousand and three, that was a, a movie from way back. Um, What's it called? Jesus Freak. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, and that was a feature I I wrote and starred in. Um, oh, great! Back, back oh, in the day, I played back when I was like playing high school. <laughs> so Jesus Freak and Boned. Boned, yeah. That's a good double feature. I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, uh, Dan, who did the, uh, where did you get the cover of Old Day and Time? Um, the gentleman you see playing the Scotsman um, <laughs> is actually uh, a friend of mine, local musician. Um, on the way from the venue of the kickoff party of the competition, um, we actually picked him up from the end of his shift at work, drove him to the hotel suite where we were filming, uh, grabbed his guitar on the way. Um, we filmed him performing that. We took two different takes, um, and that's actually what you hear playing. Um, he knows the song by memory. Um, one great thing is having that playing underneath covers a multitude of sins in the um sound recording of of the rest of the scene uh so that's actually that's him playing that's him you hear um and uh with a a quick edit that we had to do for the the time constraints we were under um that just gave us a lot of leeway for missing room tone and and things like that or the uh, it also gave me a timing for the edit so then you can kind of edit it like a music video where you can kind of edit to the beat and you got the verse, chorus, etc., um, that you can use to kind of structure the narrative to, um, and it's just kind of uh, a shorthand for, for how you're going to structure the rest of the piece. Um, so we kind of had that planned out in that drive when we were baking up the narrative and storyboarding and all of that. I'm like, we're going to use Old Lang Syne, call them up, tell them we're going to pick them up. <laughs> Um, and that, that became the, the backbone of, of the whole thing. Yeah. I just like the contrast of, you know, it's like this old kind of haunting song along with a, a lot of puking. It, it's a beautiful juxtaposition. Um, yeah. 
people ask me to go into more detail about the symbolism and I think it's more fun for you to figure that out. <laughs> and when we're talking about budgets, I just have to say this is probably the second most expensive film I made. We spent oh, really? almost $1,000 on it, oh. almost. <laughs> I had a producer who was willing to spring for the hotel suite to film the whole thing in. Big money. That was not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Buying it the day of <laughs> when yeah. we decided to to do that. I mean, it's a pre-dressed set. Like, and you don't have to clean it up. I, I really. always like shooting in hotels. <laughs> yeah, and Michigan law. I mean, you're you're allowed to film in it. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, we don't, I don't know check if, that. I don't know if I was ever allowed to film in the hotels that I filmed in, but um, <laughs> I mean, I I totally have permission and stuff. So you know, don't look into yeah. that. <laughs> to get permission we, we we double checked beforehand so you know yeah. gotta right. gotta make sure you're following the laws to some degree so yeah. I, I won't ask about budget brock but i mean innocent boy has a lot of production value i mean it looks great oh, yeah. so uh i don't know you know what the budget hey, I, is oh. but you know making something you know a short film that looks like a, a professional film a feature film I was laughing because uh, he's, he said, did you say, Dan, did you say a thousand? Yeah, we spent almost a thousand. That's, I think, the second most expensive film wow. I've made. Wow, I'm jealous. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, here, here in mid-Michigan, and, uh, it's, you know, it's non-union. Uh, we're, we're doing non-union shoots, so if we were doing union shoots, that'd be another matter, so. Yeah, we were non-union also, um, the... What made our film so expensive is we shot out in the country about three and a half hours from the airport. And it is a town of 1,500 people. And we shot overnight. So it was three days to shoot Innocent Boy. And I met everybody. Three days? You shot that whole thing in three days? Three days. Jesus. I met everybody the night before. So except for the cinematographer, Chris uh, like who's amazing she's about one third my size and did it handheld she was incredible a little bit and she just went for it but everyone else uh the cast flew in from new york and la oh. we met the night before in austin and we had fajitas and margaritas and a read through and the next day we were shooting without any rehearsals and i met the the DP and the gaffer and the key grip on a tech scout. Outside of that, we just went for it. So we just ran and, and did it in three days, which was pretty amazing. And um, especially with all the gags and special effects, the we too had vomit, and that took a while. And uh, that our vomit was cream and mushroom. <laughs> Was it all the same vomit? <laughs> it was all the same vomit. Okay, we had to use two different vomits, one for each character, so they'd be distinct. Of course, of course, of course. Rag. We needed something a little bit more creamy because it was like a drug withdrawal vomit, so we needed something that was just kind of like clear. And, and Yours was really nice. <laughs> have you seen it? I have, yeah. Oh, cool, man. Um, and the urine was apple, apple juice. And then uh, the milk that came out of the food, you know, like this one with the was almond milk. And, uh, <laughs> I drink almond milk. That's expensive. <laughs> Still, after watching the movie? <laughs> I don't think our actor will ever drink almond milk. Yeah. Or I used it in my smoothie in the, this morning. So. Um, yeah, you know, it was, it, it, we, uh, 
we brought in a, a pro crew from Dallas and we put him in, um, in a small town overnight with no resources. There was nothing open. There were no restaurants and there was only a no tell motel. And so that ate up a lot of our budget and, and the production value shows it was a $40,000 budget. Oh, wow. Are you going to make that into a feature? I thought I read something about that or saw something about that. You know, the feature part of it is uh, we've been so blessed with the reviews and everyone is calling for us to make it into a feature. And so I would love to do that. So, Neil, can I borrow five, ten million dollars? <laughs> just happen to have it. Back. <laughs> I, I spent it on this bookshelf. Spent it on the bookshelf. But we would love to make it a feature. Actually, I would love to make it into a uh, uh, into a series, like a limited series, of like six episodes. Go deeper in each character. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun film. It's dark. It's it's big. Yeah, I don't know. If fun is like how I would describe it, but it. it <laughs> it's but like, I, I enjoy the movie. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty dark. If I had to sum it up, it is um, the horrors of hopelessness. That's what it is. One hour, <laughs> a gay brothel on the outside of town, and everything goes wrong. It's so. It's such a. It's such a beautiful movie, and it's so like. It's, it is it's beautifully like, shot, yet everything in it's, like, it, you know, grotesque. Yeah, yeah. And it's also, it's also anti, it's like completely anti-Hollywood. Like, it's, it's very, very queer. It's very, very Southern. It's, yes. uh, it's, it's yes. very aggressive. I don't know. I, I'm so glad you submitted it, man. I'm so glad to have it. Thank you. I, I didn't know. And if I may say, I don't want to give you base time. Um, the... I thought when we started submitting and I, and like South uh, stuff, like the South Texas Underground Film Festival, they originally got the rough cut. And um, so I was really, really shocked about that. I thought our festival home was going to be all of the queer film festivals, all the LGBTQ film festivals. It wasn't. I didn't know where my place was until all of the undergrounds were like, yes, more. Yes. Yes. We love this. And, um, and I was shocked because traditionally these horror film festivals and these underground film festivals are, are um, run by straight guys. And I had no idea that they were into queer horror. And um, I had no idea that was my place. That's where, uh, this is my first narrative. I've never shot uh, a narrative before, before Innocent Warrior. Oh, really? What do you normally do? Uh, I spent... All of my 20s working in, in production, like reality, reality shows, like Queer uh, the Straight Guy, American Idol, Amazing Race, things like that. And then my 30s, I spent working in the corporate world, uh, social justice, video projects for uh, higher education and social justice on college campuses. And then, and then one day, it dawned on me, I was like 39, and I realized I had never made anything of my own never not once i've only made it for clients i've only worked for other directors other producers and i was like there's no way in hell i'm gonna turn 40 not <laughs> my own and so i quit my job uh wow. in new york i was in new york at goldman sachs when we were shooting with facebook and google and i said i can't do this anymore and so i quit my job and uh now I am a filmmaker, and uh, and I'm unemployed and broke. 
If you want to make your dream project, be prepared to be very rough. Right. I'm so glad your movie was so good. Otherwise, it'd be a tragic tale. <laughs> <laughs> I can still afford one, so that's, that's a good thing. Uh-huh. I'm Michael with Exit. Um, so uh, has it... Ch- played for the American audience before? Yes, it, it did in fact play at the South Texas Underground Film Festival, which is where it had its um, US premiere. This year? Yes, back in January. I was there. I must have, I must have missed it. I think it had a late night showing. <laughs> it's possible. Oh, it's probably possible because I think I went to some of the after party things. <laughs> I feel bad that I missed it at the. Uh, no, because, no, um, like myself, I didn't know it's about Brexit. Does it play differently for an American audience that you know of? I don't know. You know, maybe you don't know because you weren't there. Um, I don't know. We've we've had some really sort of positive feedback about it. Um, I mean, I think some people are reading Brexit into it, and and some aren't. I mean, I don't. For me, I don't. Think yeah, you, I mean, you don't need to know that to to enjoy it. No, not at all. And I don't think you know that it is a, a Brexit movie. In you know. Mm-hmm. In, I think that sure. you know, in many respects it is a sort of standard haunted house movie. It always was, sort of as far as I was concerned. And I think it, it kind of deals with that um, sort of standard idea of, you know, is it the house or is it what characters um, kind of bring with them to the house? So I don't really think you, you know, I don't want to put people off, you don't need to know about Brexit to be able to watch yeah, yeah. it. Um, it is, you know, I think it's something well, that we wanted to play around with sort of people's expectations and, but still make something which is, you know, sort of quite British and not really, you know, you know, we, there was a discussion earlier about sort of genre and not wanting to be sort of pigeonholed by genre. And that is something I'm sort of quite sort of strong on with, with what I make. I don't really want to, you know, just make a straightforward slasher movie or, you know, a sort of, you know, possession movie or something like that. I think the most interesting films and the films that inspire me are those that you really can't sort of pin down to a specific genre or, you know, sort of a, a distinct narrative. Hey, those I'll are what I enjoy to watch. Yes, I need more vomit in my movies. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Someone suggested in the chat, though, for everyone out there who makes vomit movies, uh, you're supposed to put carrot in, in vomit. <laughs> Who knew? So, <laughs> that was actually produced to Lou Nosbod, who is sitting on the sofa. <laughs> uh, I found, Michael, that the uh, the selection of um, British history textbooks that you sent me to read before watching the movie... <laughs> It's really like when you went to see Dune. Yeah. That cost us a large proportion of our budget to send those over to you, so I hope you read it. <laughs> I, I, I skimmed a lot. Yeah. You have a Coles notes for some of the more difficult texts. <laughs> Well, good thing I have a degree in history. <laughs> Josh, uh, quick, what's like your other? What's your background in, in filmmaking? Uh, well, actually, I I make my rent in by working in post uh, as an editor and assistant editor. Um, so that's my primary background. But then, kind of tangential to that, I've been doing these kind of DIY run and gun things for uh, the better part of the last. Jesus Christ. Uh, how old am I? Like 12 years or something like that since, since college. Um, and in fact, a lot of the people who are in this are people I've been working with since we were all very young. Uh, but this is sort of 
the first thing I've gotten to really, I've really had time and resources to work on because when you're doing that kind of no budget thing, it's coming out of your own paycheck. It's sort of budget is almost like you have to figure that out after. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even entirely sure how much money I ended up spending on this. I'd be surprised if it broke 2000. Um, but yeah, so I've done a lot of this kind of uh, run and gun DIY stuff. And just having have, to, have you worked with your lead before? I mean, she, she nailed it. She, she's, she was incredible. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Brittany Carlton. She's incredible. We, uh, we went to, we were in the same, um, theater department in college and she actually was we hadn't worked together because she was always doing her own thing like she's a really accomplished director and actor herself uh just working on her own stuff um and so she was always kind of like the person i was looking up to i never Mm -hmm. quite felt like my shit was good enough to have Brittany (laughs) in it you know uh so this is actually that was part of the excuse to make this was to finally get to work with Brittany. she's great yeah, she's incredible. She, she really nails it. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to get to the next block because I know there's a lot of people still waiting here. And uh, it's been great talking to everybody. So does everyone want to say quick, like, uh, where they could follow you? Or, like, not to your home, but, you know, online? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll drop a pin on my iPhone. Can... <laughs> well, we'll start with Brock. Sure, uh, at Innocent Boy Short Film or at Innocent Boy Film. And we are streaming on Revy TV. So we're in 200 million households. Oh, wow. And we're also on TLA Video and Together Magic Movies. And we're coming to Amazon Instant and uh, UK Film Channel. And uh, there's more. Oh, Fearless. We're on Fearless TV. And uh, more to come. Some good awesome. stuff coming. Very good. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Stephen. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Brock. Dan. Uh, my production company is Exposure Film Foundry, and I'm pretty sure we've got you know a Vimeo page and whatnot out there. Um, I also run the Threadbare Mitten Film Festival here in town, and uh, we'll be doing our stuff in uh, September here. So more fun to come uh later on in the year very good and then don't forget the the carrot note for any future bonus. <laughs> so i real fast um yeah. i i have like seriously i've made like seven movies with vomit scenes in them and uh <laughs> we've gone through different recipes um the like <laughs> the worst one was my effects artist she asked me is, is there any risk of this going into somebody's mouth for this scene? And I was like, no, 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 no. Nobody's going to be swallowing this one. She said, oh, great. So I'm just going to use molasses and canned tuna fish. And um, so I was, I was opting for that one. I was doing, I was handheld. I was on, I was camera opting for that. And um, the, the lighting situation was all weird. Anyway, I had to get really close. So we did the vomit scene in this one take and I got fucking hosed in tuna fishy, molasses all over my shirt and pants um but we got the shot so i was pretty happy about that. Uh, is, i know there's a lot of people make like stage blood or movie blood Are, is there anyone that makes like professional uh movie puke i don't know if anyone does but uh katie gelhart is an effects artist who works with me and she makes incredible vomit um okay. she, she prefers like she prefers steel cut oats to just like quaker oats right like uh, it's good for the textures anyway she makes Amazing vomit. If anyone wants to hire her, I'll give you her, her email address because she's incredible. Very good. 
I heard it's going to be this year. Halloween is going to be the big deal. Everyone's going to be uh, wearing puke. Um, <laughs> Michael. Um, yeah, you can follow us at Fausty Films, which is at Fausty underscore films, Fausty, F-A-U-S-T-I. Um, we are screening in Stephen Stoll Vision as of next week. And um, that is where you'll be able to see Exit uh, at the moment. Very cool. And yeah, it's been great talking to you, Neil, and actually finally getting to talk to Stephen in person rather than just harassing him. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I've talked to you online too, out. so it's good to see you in and person. And Dan, actually, well. Dan Cofed has always been a big supporter of uh, Fausty Film, so uh, great to see you in person, sir. Same, same, sir. <laughs> see, Ezra and Lauren. Uh, my, I have a personal website, lauraleebar.com. And then you can find Strange Bird uh, on Facebook. There's a Strange Bird, Strange Bird Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can follow uh, Chris Kelso. Uh, he, he keeps the Facebook page going. So you can also follow Chris Kelso. And, of course, we're playing we're playing at Sick and Wrong. And we're so excited. So yes. we're, that's, that's the best place to find us right now is go to the Sick and Wrong website and, you know, <laughs> get your tickets and watch all of these fantastic movies. and Girl and problems. Watch, and watch our girl problems. <laughs> Very good. And Josh? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the danger face, the, cause danger face was taken. <laughs> uh, you can check out our, uh, see some of the films I've done at uh, fuckgiantkiller.com and uh, you can check out Serious Matters at the Sick and Wrong Festival and the Hepped Up on Goofballs block which I'm super fucking stoked about. Thank you Neil and Trista, thank you, yeah. Neil and Trista for having us on here and Steve it's nice to actually finally meet you instead of just watching you drink on live streams. <laughs> yeah. Very good. All right, guys. So uh, let's, we're, uh, if you guys wouldn't mind hanging up and I'm going to bring in the next people. You guys, I guess guys. I can hang up on you. I don't know. I, I, I feel rude about doing that. Dan, I just figured out who you are. <laughs> Somebody knows me now. <laughs> while, you, while you're bringing in the next block, uh-huh. uh, Neil, I'm going to show off if that's all right. Yeah, I'm going to show off. This, uh, oh, shit. The video's all okay. Here, this is our, this is our Sicky Award. This is the uh, second round um, Suki Award. Uh, giving out twelve of these this year in a bunch of different categories, um, a little tentacle and panties. But uh, also, we started giving out this guy, the golden tentacle. Oh man, this is the big one. Sweet. This is the 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 one for the qu- the most quintessentially sick and wrong movie. Uh, we're only giving out one of these guys, but uh, I'm pretty sure these things are basically the only reason anyone ever submits to Sick and Wrong. Those are awesome. <laughs> I want to say Bioexploitation has a pretty good trophy, too. I won the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said a grind, an actual grinder. Like a, like a sausage grinder? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. I was like, it's like multi-purpose. <laughs> is it actually <laughs> usable? Yeah, it is. It's a real grinder. And I was like, all right. I like that. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Let's do it again sometime. All right. Hello, hello. Hello. I know one of you already. <laughs> hey. Hey, how's it going? Awesome. I'm going to bring everybody in since there's only two more. I don't want to keep two people. There's only two. Sure, sure. Are you going to join us? Is she there? 
she hiding? She's, <laughs> <laughs> She's hiding just out of frame. <laughs> so I, I've I've met some of these people before, like like in the flesh, even. Um, oh, hey, Michael's here too. He I've, known, I, I've met several of you people. I'm glad um, we made it. <laughs> I logged in at 6.40. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, only, I was like, taking people I, as they logged in, and then uh, I didn't want, uh, you know, too many people. On. <laughs> I was prepared to log in at 6.40, but then I was like, nah, I'm not going to be that desperate guy who logs in 20 minutes early. I'll just sit and stare at my computer for the next 19 minutes and then log in. So not desperate at all. <laughs> That's totally fine. I was just sitting here, so. I was logged in way before too, so I have nothing else to do. All right, I think we're all here, and we've been live this whole time. Actually, I didn't go to break like I, I meant to. So. <laughs> this is very interesting. Uh, so I'm still nasty, Neil. I'm still nice to meet you. Yes, yeah, good to meet you as well, and uh, and he's still Stephen. We need a cool name for Stephen. Scary Steven? Sickly Steven, sickly for, Steven uh, I guess. Sickly <laughs> sickly. <laughs> it's not a very nice one, I guess. Work. All right. Calling him sick. Just sick. Just sick Steven. Sicko Steven? Huh? Yeah. That works. That works. <laughs> All right. So we have everyone introduce themselves and tell us uh, you know, what movie you're with. So we'll start with Anthony. Uh, I'm Anthony Shepard. I worked on Cosmic Spaghetti. Which block? I mean, I know which blog, but you should say which blog. Uh, it's the Saturday morning cartoons, right? Very fair. Yeah. <laughs> Jay. Yeah, I worked on, I'm the director of uh, Lifelike, and that's in Trigger Warning. Uh, funny note, Jay's movie is the primary inspiration for the Trigger Warning block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and not to yeah. overlook anyone's movie, but after I watched uh, Lifelike, I actually uh, emailed Steven about it right away. Oh, cool. <laughs> yes. and, and conversation starter for sure. <laughs> it is. Uh, Jono? Yeah, Jono. Uh, I, I wrote and directed Nailbiter, which is in the uh, bodily functions block. <laughs> Very fitting. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, Edward here. Uh, hey, it's Josephine Edward here. Um, we are the producers and main actors for Make a Wish. And we're in the Family Matters block. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kid. Hi, I'm Kid Tommy. I'm the writer, director, producer of Cold Blooded. We're in the Hepped Up Bone Goofballs block, and we have two vomits in our movie. <laughs> very good, very good. The theme is continuing here. Jeremy. Hi, uh, I'm Jeremy Herbert. I am with the thing. I made a bunch of movies with Thing in the name. I just tripped myself. The Things with the Glowing Green Eyes uh, in the Scary Door block, and we have zero vomits. In oh, the- man. I'm hanging up on you. No, There's I'm always sorry. next time. This is the wrong call. You can leave me. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Michael and Sophia. Hi. Look at um, that background name there. Is it? <laughs> 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 Sexy Steven, I call him, but, you know. All right, all right. Michael said I That's off air. <laughs> uh, but great great to see you, Neil, Tristan, Steven. Um, Thank you. You as well. We, uh, 
we have two, two films that were three, three films. Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, sorry. I can reject a couple if you like, it's not too late. Forget the background. Sophia shirts. Amazing. I have to say. Oh, yeah. um, you can get this on Amazon. We can. Um, <laughs> you owe me five bucks, Neil. Um, so pride. I'll you after. I don't think we have any vomit in our movies, but pride has ejaculate, which is kind of like vomit. Um, <laughs> No. I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll say sure. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't know anything about male anatomy. Um, <laughs> you should know a lot by now after shooting that movie. <laughs> Everything I know I learned. On the <laughs> so that's, that's in the what the fuck block, right? Uh, trigger warning. The, trigger warning the trigger warning block. <laughs> um, and then we, uh, as a cinematographer, we helped produce a film called Shiny Diamonds. And that's in the female problem. What's it called? The, what? Girl problems. Girl problems. Sorry. Girl problems okay. block. Cool. And then we, we also produced and uh, did some work on um, Darling Pet Monkey, which I, I actually have no idea what block it's in. That's in the Family Matters, too. Oh. Yeah, that's oh, right. pretty nice. Yeah, it's a wholesome movie. It is a wholesome movie. It's a wholesome movie. <laughs> like, legitimately. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the one family-friendly film. Of the, that's its own block. It's just a 10-minute block. Just that movie. Friendly, yeah. Family-friendly. It's rare to have a heartwarming movie that also involves uh, monkey feces. Yes. Right. <laughs> the world needs more. It's yeah. debatable. Yeah. <laughs> debatable. <laughs> uh, Joseph and, uh, Josephine and Edward, you want to uh, tell everyone about your film? Uh, well, our film is about a fiancé who gets... The best birthday surprise ever. <laughs> uh, I don't really know what else I can say without revealing too much of the story. Um, but yeah, and, and the, the poster, I want to say the, the poster for Make-A-Wish, like after you've seen Make-A-Wish, the poster for it becomes really, really awesome. <laughs> Just making a poster. Yeah, it all comes together after you watch <laughs> Yeah, yeah you so were- I mean, sorry. I was just saying, had you worked with the director before? Uh, no, this was our first time working with him. Uh, we reached out to him uh, when we were looking to make the film because, you know, he's been getting a lot of, like his, his previous uh, short that he had done, which was called Monday, it got a lot of attention and recognition and was just like really amazing in all of, and all of the steps that it was going through. And so we wanted to work with him and he was really quick to join with us, which was amazing as well. And so we were just really excited to work with someone like him and like, you know, see what he would bring to the table for our short and how he would make it come to life. See, uh, Anthony, it's probably hard to explain cosmic spaghetti with, uh, <laughs> or just, I should just leave it at that. I was just thinking it's a short, but I think you could probably just leave it. It's hard to explain. Yeah, I've been trying to think about that this whole time. I'm like, wait, crap. Uh, yeah, what's your elevator pitch? <laughs> uh, well, the elevator pitch I actually just stole from The Godfather. <laughs> I was like, let's just take this thing where he's explaining to Michael how to make spaghetti. And uh, that's my film. There you go. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, you know, it's a. Uh, social commentary on late capitalism and you know post-consumerism i guess you could say but uh it's definitely got a hidden message it's very layered in there it's like hard to find Mm -hmm. so maybe it's not there at all (laughs) (laughs) 
like that. Uh, Jay, can you explain lifelike? Ooh. Yeah, so this one's a little bit hard without like revealing too much, but uh, yeah, it's about uh, this uh, this guy. He's uh, he's got a real problem, and he goes to his therapist to kind of uh, fix the problem. He's been in jail and other stuff, and uh, yeah, so he goes to the psychiatrist, and uh, she can't really help him. He's getting a little suicidal, so she suggest this very bizarre therapy which actually exists in real life and uh yeah so it's about uh, sort of like the breakdown uh of that yeah we'll talk more about that in a minute i think i could do a whole show on that on that uh yeah <laughs> that's that's what he emailed me about like uh, the minute he finished uh Jay, this, when neil finished watching and he emailed me and said i think i could do a whole show about life like oh really <laughs> I, th- I said yep <laughs> <laughs> which uh, by the way uh monday Trist and i were gonna are gonna do a special show where we review uh all the shorts yeah. and, and uh features that we've seen from oh, cool. so, uh jono you can explain your film there, yeah. Um, I see a sickie in the background of somebody else. What? So I have this proud oh, oh. from uh, uh, Bun and Yama uh-huh. many years ago, but this is a prized possession here. So I was talking about that the, the in the first half. I was talking about how one year I just had a whole bunch of pregnancy movies, and uh, Jono had one of them. It was fucking fantastic. Yeah, that one was a pretty big scale for a short film. This this one, Nailbiter. Um, very snippy, snappy, I should say. It's two actors, maybe a little snippy also. Uh, <laughs> same like the other filmmakers. It is hard to describe it because it's so short without giving it away. But it is about a woman who has uh, cannibalistic cravings. But they're so deep-seated that maybe she doesn't even quite realize it yet. And she's on a date. She's on a hot date. But she's figuring out a way to to fulfill her cravings without actually, mang- you know, causing any bodily harm and she does discover a way to do it (laughs) yeah we'll talk about that more in a moment uh jeremy (laughs) uh see the great thing is that i can't even say the name of my movie without giving away (laughs) most of my movie Uh and it it makes it easy to talk about the things with the glowing green eyes are about things with glowing green eyes oh really Uh, yeah um i think there are a few on the poster if you don't believe me uh i I just saw it scroll past but um (laughs) They, they do mean something. I like making movies where uh, there's kind of a metaphor. If if you don't pick up on the metaphor, it might just seem like a strange downbeat punchline to end the movie on. But uh, you know, they are part of the movie is that it is as annoying and straightforward a threat as just things with glowing green eyes that stand kind of far away uh, and glare at people. We just saw getting a cat, cat bombed. I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm cat bombed right now. It's good. Fuck out of here. I, I don't think a show goes by where an animal doesn't pop up. <laughs> hey, sorry. Just derailed everything. Yeah. My bad. My apologies, Jeremy. That's fine, man. I can't compete with that. <laughs> Did the cat have glowing green eyes? He just did a loop. Like, okay, now he's going the other way. You need a green cat so then it won't interfere with the other tobacco. Uh, kid, can you explain Cold Blooded? Yeah, it's um. It's definitely the most metal movie in the in the in the lineup. Yeah, this it's year. a heavy metal. It's definitely influenced by like Shock'em Dead, Black Roses, Trick or Treat, all those deeply influenced. Um, but it's a revenge gone wrong. So it's kind of a satirical look at what if you 
sacrifice your sanity and do the craziest thing you could possibly think of to get back at someone and then they take it to their benefit and you're still screwed over. So it's definitely from a woman's lens and it's also inspired by the story of Lorena Bobbitt. I took some of that, you know, those thematic elements. Right. Um, But yeah, it's, it's heavy metal. Yeah, that's a good lead into Pride, I think. <laughs> so, uh, Sophia and Michael, can you can you give us an idea of what Pride is about? Sure, it's uh, uh, it's inspired by like the the way that religion is used to like protect perpetrators of sexual violence, and um, so we wanted to do kind of an abstract piece uh, exploring, uh, I guess, a revenge on that, or, or almost flipping it and using like Greek mythology and, and other things. It was specifically inspired by this one piece of radio that I heard in the 90s on a fundamentalist radio show that was on the station I, I did a show on before me. And um, I always recorded their show to like chop up and do collaging with. And they had this one piece um, about how like, if you, it, it was a story of, I'm sorry for everybody, it's sick and wrong so I can say whatever. But it's a story of um, this guy was talking about how uh, his neighbor was was like sexually assaulting his children and he asked the, the uh, minister what to do about it. And the minister was like, if you get mad at your neighbor, then you're like worse than him, basically. And it was the thing that I heard that made me the most mad in my entire life. So I, I held on to it for since I was probably, that was probably like 1993. And then last year decided to use that actual audio. So I had that audio recording um, and created a film around that. So that's what Pride is. Yeah. All right, let's go. Josephine and Edward, uh, besides acting the movie, how else were you involved? Um, is this working? Cool. Can you, oh, can you guys hear yeah. us? Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Okay. Yeah. Um, acting and producing and mild script supervision. <laughs> I think that's, that was mostly our, all we really did for this short. Well, that's a uh, lot, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's all you did. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. When you're like, what else did you guys do? I'm like, oh, oh I no, know. I just, no, uh, I was just, you know, curious. Just to give yeah. a full story. So how it started was that we had a, our writer friend had a short film script that he wrote years back. And so Josephine was the one who approached him like, hey, you know, I need to, this all started because we needed demo reel footage. It was literally just demo reel footage, just shoot in some room and camera and just do it. And then, um, and then he was like, yeah, sure. And he kind of like blew up the dust off the script. And he's like, here you go. And so that was when earlier when we mentioned getting our director, Dintai, um, we just asked him out of few, he literally responded half and like, like 30 seconds later. He was like, yeah, I'll do your film. But I said, we haven't, you haven't even seen the script yet. And he's like, I don't care. Let's do it. And I'm like, all right. And so he got on board. And so then, the team was that so um i played a part as executive producer and we were the co-producers and we had another producer so we had a whole kickstarter madness campaign going on to raise funds for this because it blew up from a demo reel footage shoot to an actual short film shoot with like you know serious production with people that din brought in and we're like oh wow this is this has gone way beyond what we expected this was not the plan but hey let's go this roller coaster journey and so here we are now yeah and it does have a really high production value looks great yeah oh yeah absolutely well thank you (laughs) you're very welcome and i won't give away anything in the movie but i do like the early reveal of the birthday present (laughs) 
Yes. And that's, yeah, when you watch the film, you'll realize, like, you know, our third actor, who you see his face very prominently Spoilers. in the poster. <laughs> I mean, he is the, he is the focus on the poster, but we couldn't... I tried to step, I tried to walk around that, that it was a person, but yeah. <laughs> yeah it, no. That... Damn it. Stop talking. All right, I'll stop. Yeah, the most we can do for, for him is the poster. <laughs> <laughs> now, had, you, had you worked with him before? Uh, yes, or I were, had worked with him in a play before. Uh, they, were, they hadn't shot, like, any theatrical stuff, but uh, they did. Uh, it was a play called Yellow Face, um, and so it was a David Henry Huang play, and he was excellent in just being that kind of guy, which I won't spoil once. God, I can't see so much! If you see Yellow Face, and you see our actor, you'll know which character he plays. Uh, right. There's only like one role that really fits him. Uh, and so when we were casting for the third person, we we're like, oh my god, we need to use Roman, because Roman's amazing, and oh my god. He was excellent playing a particular kind of guy. I mean, he's good at many roles, but we wanted him to embody this role again. Also, his voice is amazing. Everything is just, ugh. Listen, you can listen to him talk for days. Uh, but, yeah, and, you know, he delivered. <laughs> uh, Anthony, uh, who did the animation for Cosmic Spaghetti? Uh, my partner, Gurleen, does all the animation. Um, she kind of created that thing on her own in on secret like she was just making these scenes and after a few months she just gave me all these scenes and was like here this is some trash just do whatever you want with it whatever and I came back with a film and was like all right here's a film what are we doing with it and she's like throw it away like bury it what are you talking about we don't do anything with this and I'm like no I'm fasting So, yeah, I kind of edited and did all the music and created this thing. And then she was like, oh, no, you cannot just take this thing out and created everything post credits after that. And was like, all right, well, this makes it more of a film. And I'm like, no, no, this makes it more confusing. But okay, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Let's see, uh, Jay... um... I asked the people in the in the last one about uh, was it hard to get people involved, and I think it, you're uh, it's a really brave subject to tackle in a, in a movie, and also mm-hmm. brave for the for the actors to uh, to take on. Was it hard to find people to be involved in it? <laughs> yeah, so that that's definitely something uh, that was a big of a, a bit of an issue. So we started off with like non-union actors, and we got like a lot more um, people uh, coming forward, but they weren't right for the role. And so we're, cause you know, like this is the, the whole movie, uh, you know, we need somebody who can really sell the role. And uh, so then we went through a casting agent uh, who gave us a, a really good deal. And uh, we were able to find this, this actor actually just because I'm, you know, I messaged him over Facebook uh, because he had like sent some something in or, or something like that. And uh it was really like tough because we had actually, we had cat, I'd sort of like said, okay, I'd, I'd settled on somebody. And then two days later they were like, I, I don't think I'm really comfortable doing this anymore. And so, cause you know, there, there's a lot involved with the, the, the lead and the role. And so, yeah, sometimes I just wouldn't get emails back or 
I get emails back. I'm not comfortable with the subject or the film. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it was a bit of a struggle, but I'm so glad we had all that struggle because we wouldn't have ended up with Richard and who's just amazing in the film. Yeah. He's incredible. Um, I, 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 uh, should have mentioned this in the first half that we have here, but we actually have quite a turnout of Siki nominees coming to tonight's uh, little hangout here, including Rich Jutier, who was uh, nominated for the Performance Award, the Mink Stoll Award, uh, for his performance in Lifelike. He's, he's, I, I don't, again, I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, but he brings a, a, a kind of humanity to this character that's, um, wow, it's hard to, hard to, Hard to not pay attention to him <laughs> during the movie. Very lucky. Yeah. Hard to not care. Yeah. And there's another uh, Minkstall uh, nominee right here on screen with us right now. Josephine Chang is nominated for a performance in Make-A-Wish. Um, that's it. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Jono, this might say more about me than, than the film, but uh, Nailbiter is like, it might be the only movie that I watched that like actually kind of grossed me out. <laughs> I feel so touched. That's such a great compliment. <laughs> I really gross films, but I didn't expect this one to be one that got the re- the reaction from people. But I've had about five or six people, friends of mine or people who who saw it elsewhere, say they had to turn away, which I, I wasn't. <laughs> So I do find that to be a very high compliment for this festival. Yeah, I think a lot of it is the build to the to the to the payoff. Is like you know they're kind of like these people, oh and then you know something happens, and I was like, Ooh, I don't know, but but it's also I don't want to give away a movie, but it's a nice happy ending, I think. Despite <laughs> the other stuff, great. It's about There's finding a... someone who's uh, cool with what you're into. Yeah. <laughs> There's an effect that I want to ask you about that, but like, I don't want to, I'll wait. I guess I'll wait for the Q and A because the Q and A will assume that the people have already seen it. So I'll, I'll, I'll sit on it. Till then. <laughs> yeah. But you have a, the, the bowl, what goes in the, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> well, what's funny about the bowl, um, because of course I shot out a sequence. The bowl was way too full and I actually had to get a visual effects person to empty it. <laughs> 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 like it had more than say 20 items in it. <laughs> now everyone's definitely going to want to watch this movie so, yeah. <laughs> uh, kid tommy what's uh what is it about uh hair metal or heavy metal that you're into oh my gosh i mean i'm a member of the kiss army so <laughs> definitely that's a big <clears throat> But I worked at a video store and they had the whole heavy metal horror shelf. And that was something that just every day, what am I going to put on for my shift where like three customers come in in seven hours? And I just kind of worked my way through that shelf. And kind of by the end of that, I thought like, I want to make one of those. And I also love, I love like novelty musicians like John Michael Thor and like people like that that have a shtick and have a costume and a character. So I wanted my character to kind of be one of those people that would be somebody I would be into. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very fun movie. Has it played uh, at other festivals before? This is going to be the first one it played. I just like, I threw a party to uh-huh. throw it in Austin, Texas. Um, it's been accepted to the Scum Dance Festival in Reno, Nevada. 
but that's going to be like on hold. Not sure what they're doing with that yet because yeah. of COVID and it's been accepted for something in Berlin called Girlhouse Cinema. But this will be sick and wrong is the first one. Oh, yeah. I was just wondering, you know, like, uh, have you watched it with people and what, what they thought yes, about it? Yes, I Yeah, I had the whole big local cast crew, family, friends party, including two of the children actors who watched it and they loved it. So it's family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your kids. <laughs> yeah. Bring your kids. That's fantastic. Uh, Jeremy, what I like about the things with uh, glowing green eyes is that's basically just all they are is there just their eyes <laughs> yeah yeah it was um so that i mean it's it's mostly budgetary the movie you're, you watched cost about 250 dollars uh and early on i was like well i can't i'm not going to be able to afford a guy in a suit let alone multiple guys in multiple suits what's what's something unsettling so I went back to the fog and there's a shot in the Terminator where you just see red eyes on a shadow. I'm like, there that's go, yeah. spooky. <laughs> yeah. uh, and what's funny is like, I, I tested them. My brother put the LEDs together and then it ended up just glasses with uh, this is again, none of these are spoilers. <laughs> this is the name of the movie. Uh, and they're just LEDs on wires right in front of sunglasses. Um, and they look great on film. And then the first time I gave them to anyone on set, they thought I'd lost my mind uh, <laughs> because it, it looked like a, a low rent. Uh, I don't know if anyone's played splinter cell, but like the, the cheapest, <laughs> the cheapest looking night vision, Tom Clancy by way of dollar store uh, you've ever seen. Um, and I really had to assure people time and time again, like it's fun. It's great. We'll add some fog. <laughs> no one will, no one will know. Yeah. I'm from a small town, so I I had that good small town feel where people were just sitting around talking about totally mundane things, which they kept getting away from the the people with the green, the things with the green eyes, uh, just to talk about like the most useless things, which I I can relate to in in my time. I see it. That's the that's the smallest town thing, at least small town Ohio, is that uh, you never talk about the 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 serious issue, let alone one that everyone shares. No, it's the parking. It's, you know, the cicadas came back too early, et cetera. Right. You've made such an imprintable movie. Like everybody who watches this movie can project something from their own life that uh, can stand in for the things with the glowing green eyes. Uh, it's, it's so, I don't know, maybe, I, like I don't even want to ask you anything about it because like, <laughs> I mean, I have funny. ideas. It's funny because, because like as I said, they do mean something, and I know that's I'm playing with fire by saying anything means anything, uh, especially in a movie. What is that meaning name. anyway? What is the thing? Um, but it it does mean something that's that is a universal experience, feeling, emotion. What you, what you call it? That I kind of discovered for myself as I went, as I survived the making of this movie. But that was kind of the hope is that everyone can at least one of those stories is going to make a lot more sense to somebody than the rest of them. And that's kind of, that's been my experience with people who have seen it. They'll they'll point out one segment and be like, Oh, I, I know what that feeling is. I'm like, yep, there you go. There's your green eyes. Uh, Sophia and Michael. um, Oh my God, Kat. 
a pride is like it's a lot different than a lot of the things you usually make, but at the same time, it's also similar because you know social commentary and things. And how did it all come about? Like, you know, why uh, yeah. was this something made? Yeah, we were asked uh, by this guy Domiziano Cristofaro to participate in a uh, anthology film called Seven Sins that was supposed to be kind of like extreme filmmaking, and. Um, you know, I had to think for a little bit if there was something that I would be interested in doing. And, and Pride came to mind right away um, because I, I'm always interested in uh, religion for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I just like to explore the horrific impositions of religion on society. And um, so Pride made me immediately think of like hubris and the, the, some of the Greek tragedy types of things. And so I started working from that to, you know, to build this story related to this audio piece that I had. Um, and so that anthology is in theory coming out, you know, someday, but we got permission to, to take the film around. Um, and it's definitely more extreme and more, it's, it's not something that we would be inclined to make just on our own, um, without a reason for, for doing it. Uh, so I, we weren't gonna, you know, we didn't plan to do fast, but then there was a delay on the anthology. And so, uh, we started taking it to a few places. I didn't really think people would want to watch it, but, um, it's gotten an okay response so far, you know, not, not only a few people have walked out during it. At, at <laughs> I walked out of my room. I yeah. <laughs> I try to tell people not to watch it. I'm like, we've got, I'm like, you should all come to sick and wrong there. We've got three films. You should watch two of them and then maybe <laughs> just skip this skip one. The third, skip the third. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Not proud of it, but I just, you know, no, I I understand. Prefer, yeah. to protect them. <laughs> yeah after after michael submitted it uh um before i even like uh he submitted it through film freeway and he sent me an email or sent me a facebook message right after just saying i'm so sorry <laughs> like what and so immediately like that instant i said all right i have to watch this and so yeah the response has been very positive I, i'm actually surprised like people uh you know as people hear about it playing other fests or wins awards i have people at more what i would consider a more traditional fest uh, a lot of the directors have reached out to me and said, like, you know, I, I want to see this thing to see if it fits what we're doing. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll let you see it. And I mean, I would say all, almost all of them are like, yeah, we're, we want to program this thing. We want to play this thing. So um, I'm surprised every time, but I appreciate it. And I appreciate getting the opportunity to bring it to an audience who's interested. I mean, this is, you know, this is a great venue because you, you've curated an audience who might be interested in this type of film. Um, it gives me a chance to say the the things that I want to say in a you know in a creative work and not uh, I guess people are not unsuspecting when they see it if they're watching a sick if they're going to sick and wrong they're not they've consented they've consented yes. <laughs> right right the trigger warning yeah, yeah. It's, I wouldn't say it's family friendly unless your no. family is very different than mine. <laughs> right. I watch a lot of weird things with my mom, but I, I didn't watch. Yeah. That Friday, Friday. I don't know if your mom would like it, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, it might not be. A, a free, but also when Michael sent it to me, he's like, don't make Trista watch this. Yeah. <laughs> not that you can't watch it. But <laughs> right, right, right. I, just, I, I, just, I was so, confused he didn't say, and you, and you don't have to watch it either. What about you, Neil? Yeah. <laughs> what about your feelings? <laughs> uh, Trista, did you have a comment or a question for anybody? <laughs> Jesus, God. Fuck, get um, off my computer. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This cat is haranguing me right now. It's a uh, very big cat. Yeah, he's a he badass. He's like 19.6 pounds, this wow. guy. Oh. And that doesn't even, he doesn't even have a tail. It's just all, and he's covering 
everything in cat hair. Did right he lose now. the I tail? What happened? Uh, I don't know. He was a he was a stray who oh, yeah. um, literally wandered into our house and then just kind of stuck around. Uh-huh. Um, so he didn't have a tail when he came when he came to us. I think yeah. he's about to <laughs> log me out of this thing. What's going on here, cat? <laughs> That's a good he's excuse. Not, Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, my apologies. He's, he's, he's a bully. It's he's totally too fine. I, I, like I live in cat. fear of him, so I can't really. <laughs> uh, Tristan, did, you, did you have a. Sorry. Yeah, it is very cute. Very large, cute cat, I think. <laughs> very large. Um, I did have a comment, um, uh, uh, and there's not much to extrapolate on, really, but um, Kid Tommy, I really enjoyed your film, and then I was so surprised and delighted that you're a woman. Um, I don't know if that's appropriate, but for some reason, like, it's just, I was surprised. I couldn't tell by the name, and I, I thought it was so awesome. I was really impressed. Thank you. Yeah, my name is pretty asexual. Uh, my high school once sent me my mom a letter saying, your son, kid, was out <laughs> So... <laughs> Oh, so that's your given name. That's yes, very cool. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's my Tommy is fake, but kid is real. Oh, that's interesting. I've never met a kid is a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm happy you liked it. Yeah, I really, really liked it. I liked it's, all so, of the films, by the way. Uh, Cold-Blooded is up for the Rump Shaker Award, which is uh, the sicky for the um, best music or the... Uh, the, the most earwormy music in the movie. There's a lot of great m- music in this movie. Where did you get the music you used? So we actually had to change it. Our first cut that we screened was super curated by me. And like, I spent so long contacting all the bands and I got all the songs I wanted. And then when COVID happened and everything got shifted to online, they all wanted more money for online play because I pitched it as just, it's going to play at some local independent festivals so I actually went back and had to recut it so the main theme is a friend of mine who is super talented and he wrote that so the one that Rex Komodo actually performs that's original for the film the rest of the songs that are in the current cut it's by a band called Blind Taxi that I kind of just found by chance surfing YouTube and got to talking to the guy and he was into it and he didn't want too much of my money (laughs) so yeah, so it's actually the second version, which I was originally sad about because I was really attached to the first songs that were with it. But I think it works. I think it, the new version works, too. Yeah. Uh, Josephine Edward, what was it about Sick and Wrong that you thought uh, would be a good place for your film? Guess I'll answer that question. Uh, <laughs> Well, the th- funny thing is when we were starting out the festival so much, we didn't even think it was a horror film. We thought it was a comedy. It was just a delightful comedy. <laughs> Good times. And then with Sick and Wrong, I think what drew me into it was like when I saw the statue, I saw this trophy and I'm like, <laughs> I don't you. think to our you. film, cause I, and I saw the, you know, the previous films that you know played in your festival and I'm like, do we belong here? I don't know. We're so like, it doesn't hurt to try. So we so tried. So when you go. when you accepted us, I was like, what the bloody, what the what the f? Like, <laughs> so you know, we're totally honored. But you know, it was a tro- it was a trophy. I was just like, this is a beautiful work of art. That's and I'm like, and that that was it. And I was like, and then you know, and then as obviously time went on, you were you know, I. I gave much praise to you. I was like, you're, you're an effect, you're an amazing communicator and that's rare for a festival. So it's just like, you led us along all the step of the way. So 
Yeah, so we're very thankful for that yes. because, oh man, it's like so. I feel like it's it's a lot to ask for, apparently, <laughs> for for someone to just let you know what's going on with the festival. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to thank you guys for reading all the emails I've sent you. <laughs> uh, I I have not gotten a hundred percent response on my emails on any email I've ever sent. So thank you for being so responsive. <laughs> Uh, how about Anthony? What was uh, what was it about Second Ron that worked for uh, Cosmic Spaghetti? Oh man, I mean, I'm surprised. You know, this film found a home anywhere, but if anywhere, it's going to be sick and wrong. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of crazy and demented. And uh, I mean, I just love Stephen. He's a great guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony is the only person. Uh, in the conversation, at least at the moment, who, who has made the, uh, the the trek down to sunny, oppressively hot Orlando <laughs> to attend. He, really, he was there at our last live festival last year. Uh, oh, with I his, love and, it. Uh, his and Gurleen's movie, uh, Get Up Piero. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. I, oh, I'm yeah, so we, thrilled to have him back. I have a sickie over there somewhere. I, should I go get it? <laughs> it's, like hold, it's holding a door open or something, right? You know? <laughs> He's got to say some probably, papers yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to make it to a sick and wrong at some point in time. When yeah, please, possible. please. You're welcome. Uh, I'm glad I'm not like, you know. forbidden from being there. <laughs> <laughs> well, assuming humans ever gather together, together again in right. the future, you're certainly welcome to come. <laughs> uh, uh, Jay was, uh, have you had a problem submitting the movie anywhere? Like, uh, has any place like, uh, or even if, like, do you know like where to submit your film? Cause it is a, you know, a very different movie. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I didn't really know what like the film fit into when we first, like when it was done. And so we submitted it to, uh, they have this thing in Canada called Not Short on Talent. And they take a bunch of films and then they'll take them to uh, Cannes or they'll take them to, uh, what's the other one, the Clermont-Ferrand. And so we submitted to that and, and we actually got in, which was, was great. So they, they took our film there. So I figured, okay, uh, you know, I'll apply to all kinds of different festivals because I was like, it's a little on the genre side, but it's not really genre. So, so we could like try, you know, like, the non-genre festivals as well, but we've really had a lot more response and more like genre style uh, festival. Like we got into Boston underground uh, there. They haven't actually had their screening yet, but yeah. uh, we got, uh, they were supposed to be in like March and mm. we had one in Quebec as well. That was the genre section of their shorts. Um, and then we're, we got Detroit as well. Uh, this um, motor city nightmares. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough trying to like figure out exactly where, but once we started realizing like, okay, the genre people are, are, are responding, especially on the underground side, a little bit more to this film, we're just like, okay, let's, let's try and submit more to that. Uh, what did you think, Stephen, when you first saw his movie, Life Like? I was, um, First of all, I, I was uh, kind of shaken. Like, it's definitely a fucking heavy movie. But my very next reaction on the heels of that was I was so thrilled that he had submitted it because 
Um, one of the one of the problems I have trying to explain what sick and wrong is to people, I think I think the filmmakers who have gotten into sick and wrong know what the the feeling of the festival is. But one of the problems I have in trying to explain it to somebody who's never been to the festival or never been to a film festival at all is every time I talk about it, they end up thinking, oh, it's a it's a it's a gore porn, right? That's what it is. It's a it's a it's a gross horror festival with lots of and I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, so I love when a movie like Jay's comes along because there's nothing, you know, there's no severed heads. There's no penises getting vomited on. There's no, you know, the, what the upsetting part, the challenging part of watching Jay's movie goes on inside your head. And it, it is, it is very challenging and and it is, uh, it does serve the sick and wrong's mission. Like, you know, I, I want to make people (laughs) as, this is a, a sentence that has a lot of asterisks on it, but uh, I want to make people uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. and this is a movie that does that and it does it without requiring any kind of like, um, I mean, it, it's certainly a great looking movie, but it doesn't require any kind of like visual um, weirdness to, uh, to, to evoke a reaction. So I was really thrilled to have it because it means I, I this probably a selfish view, but the fact that Jay submitted this movie to sick and wrong means that I must be succeeding somewhere in trying to communicate the mission of the festival, yeah. <laughs> at least to somebody a, out there. I think the movie makes you question your opinion on the subject, uh, whichever side you're on. Yeah. It's not giving too much question. away what it's about, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's not. And like I was saying, um, it, with the first group of filmmakers and these guys are all in the same category, like, um, Jay's movie is, is one of those movies that does not, hold your hand and explain what you're supposed to take away from it. Right. There's no spoon feeding here. You know, you have to, as an audience member, you have to walk away from this movie and decide what it means and, and um, how you feel about it. And I love that. I love that. I'm just a complete sucker for movies that, that don't cram it down your throat. Here is our message. This movie means this, you know, Uh, (laughs) sorry, I just scared the cat away. I succeeded getting rid of the cat. Well, now you know how to, uh, yeah, now I know. <laughs> the cat next time. Sort of sure. slam in your hand, but uh, jo- Jono, <laughs> what was it about Sick and Wrong that you thought uh, this is a place for nail biter? <laughs> uh, well, I had submitted in the past. I've seen a bunch of Sick and Wrong films, and um, I like that Stephen and the whole festival embraces what most people think is disgusting. That that's the whole point, I think, of the festival. You can find beauty in really disgusting things, and. Um, and, I, you know, my film, for example, I, I try to shoot it really nice, nice lighting because there are some gross things that happen. I like that contrast. Mm-hmm. But, like um, yeah, yeah, it's the beauty and the gross. Jono, is, uh, is um, Bun in the Oven public anywhere? Yes, that one's public. Yep. Okay. That one is, yep. Go watch a sicky winner, everybody. <laughs> Go over to Vimeo or wherever it is and look up Bun in the Oven by Jono Friedrichs. It's uh, It's – the most beautiful and like elegant movie about, well, I'm going to say it's the most beautiful, elegant movie about its topic, but I don't think I've ever seen a movie about its topic before. <laughs> but one of the actresses is now a big star, MJ Rodriguez. She's a star of Pose. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that was, I got her before that. <laughs> Even though I said awesome. that was the only movie that, that like kind of grossed me out. Uh, I do honestly think it has a nice message in the movie. I don't want to give away the movie, so. Is it, is it, um, what's the, um, everybody is somebody's fetish? Is that it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely about 
kink, kink and fetish on some level, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's about accepting. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jeremy, what did you think uh, Second Ron was right for things with the gr- glowing green eyes? Uh, you know, to be honest, I, I, I don't know that I did think it was right for it. Right. But uh, at Genre Blast, um, I met Stephen for about 30 seconds. <laughs> One of us was on the way to the bathroom. I don't remember who. Um, and in that 30 seconds, you know, he he, he was very gracious and, and kind considering the circumstances. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I was aiming to move down to Orlando anyways. I'm like, I think in my uh, submission letter on Film Freeway, I did apologize at the end where I'm like, ah, if I wasted your time, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if this is sick or wrong. Um, and I think... Uh, for anyone who's seen all of the movies, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say it's probably the softest in terms of objectionable content of anyone uh, in this, at least in this block of interviews. Uh, so I was very, I was very glad that it didn't make it. Um, but now I kind of understand, especially with what Steven said, why it did make it in um, because it's, it is in a way it, it does make, make you uncomfortable. I think the more you read it, I could be wrong. Steven, why'd you take it? <laughs> well, um, I don't want to like, don't, don't correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I kind of like my interpretation of it in my head, but um, the way I felt about the movie is, you know, I like movies that um, make you kind of rethink all the things you accept as a given about the structure of the universe. Right. And there's something almost kind of like, Lovecraftian about your movie like uh it makes you feel like or me (laughs) like uh whatever you think is is actually fact about the universe is probably not true that there's stuff going on behind the scenes behind the um underneath the the skin of the universe that you just can't uh be aware of um uh, and it, I find that kind of feeling unsettling, you know, and I, and I, I love anything that's unsettling. Um, I mean, also it was just good. Like you got a lot of really great human performances in there. Um, Morgan's incredible. I mean, I don't know why he's still hanging out with you. He should be famous somewhere. You, you don't know how many times a week that I tell him that stop <laughs> returning my calls. Yeah, I'm going to go with your answer. That's sure. That's exactly what the movie was about. That was wonderful. <laughs> that's what I was able to tell Trista. I don't know why she uh, puts up with me. But... <laughs> uh, kid, what did you think about us? Uh, what was sick and wrong? Uh, why is that Ray for cold-blooded? Yeah, okay. Also, Steve and I just want to say this fest was my, like, white whale. When I got in, I ran around the house. I was so happy because this was really the one I wanted to get into. Um so yeah, my search for festivals off the bat, I'm like, okay, there's blood, there's dying. I guess I could put it into a horror fest. It doesn't incite the emotion of fear, but I guess those people might like me. But as I was kind of submitting to those, I felt like this isn't really right. It's not really a dark, creepy, scary film in any way. Um, and then, yeah, so when I found Sick and Wrong, I was like, that that's where I belong. This is the place for me. And I always wanted to go on the E.T. ride at Universal Studios. I'll tell your motives. I like it. Well, there was a slight ulterior motive, but yeah, look where it put me. <laughs> but no, I was super excited to be excited. Yeah. Aw. 
I, I, I'm so sorry that, um, that you're missing ET. That you're missing ET. <laughs> like the, the ET ride. I never, like, I think I went to universal when I was a little kid once or something like that, but I went in, I, st- I went on the ET. I've been going to, fuck, nobody gives a shit about this. I've been going to universal's <laughs> Halloween horror nights, um, for like the last 13 years or something like that. And I never went on the ET ride until, um, like last year. And I don't know if you guys have been on that ride. <laughs> That ride is a fucking acid trip nightmare. It is insane. Like most of it takes place on E.T.'s home planet. And E.T.'s home planet is like, I don't know. It's like uh, Hieronymus Bosch and H.R. Giger came together in a pot and like H.R. Puff and stuff animated it or something. It's (laughs) fucking nuts. So it's a real experience. (laughs) I wasn't interested before. I just want to say, because this is one of the few times of any given year where this expertise comes into play. <laughs> but Steven already knows if you're friends with me on any social media, I write about Orlando theme parks all the time. Everything about the ET adventure, everyone here, go watch a video of it. Every <laughs> last, every last animatronic, every last piece of paint was approved by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> it was entirely <laughs> his dream. Keep that in mind. <laughs> So it's like the sick and wrong of, of, uh, of amusement rides. <laughs> I, yeah, when well, the first time I went on it, I was so mad that I hadn't been going on it the last 15 years. It's so <laughs> wild. <laughs> so I guess you guys already talked about this, but Sophia and Michael, what was it about sick and wrong that uh, this is the place for pride? We also met Steven at Genre Blast, and he told me he did this like extreme horror festival. And to me, that's like a – it's like a trigger word that I won't like it because usually like the midnight right. blocks and stuff are very rapey and like, I don't appreciate like a lot of yeah. that style of bro horror. Uh, so I was like, whatever, dude. And then, <laughs> then he gave me a tote bag and the tote bag was amazing. <laughs> and I was it's like, all about the free gifts. Yeah, it was like, pretty good. And then, you know, his movie, the Jerry show was there and I went through so many emotions watching the Jerry show. Cause at first I was all like, I'm very offended by this movie. <laughs> like the first five minutes I was pissed off. And then by the end, it had totally won me over with the humor. And I was like, all right, well this guy, like he's really nice and he has good humor. And it's like, I started to understand the mission and then seeing how progressive you try to be with the festival um, online with like, you know, fighting people that are mad about like female <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. So just like, I, I grew to like understand what the fest is. And uh, I think that's really important. I can't emphasize this enough that we were at genre blast and somebody's like, that guy runs a fest called sick and wrong. And you think like guy who has his head shaved from Florida <laughs> running a fest called sick and wrong. I'm like, this is going to be the fucking douchiest. <laughs> we're, we're like assholes from, various cities i guess and so apparently we're just dicks we're coastal level um, dicks <laughs> I, so my assumption right away was like oh there's this dickhead edgelord guy guy from florida who like runs a fest that's gonna be horrible shit and then you know i met him and i'm like all right he seems okay and we saw you know and it, everything i thought initially was 100 yeah. percent wrong and, and it's, it's nice just, to be proven wrong right right yeah <laughs> Once in a while. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, we often discover that we're the assholes, and again, this is another. <laughs> another <laughs> I accept that. I accept yeah, that. but no, it, it's really. I, I I said this on because Stephen had me on his uh, a thing that we did a Q and A about, um, and I I said it there, but I think it's like extremely important that especially for a fest like this where you're pushing boundaries and you're doing kind of under 
that you're uh, working, not just accepting a wide range of things, but working actively to create equity um, in this context and like inviting female filmmakers, inviting um, LGBTQ filmmakers and saying like, this is a fest where you might initially look at this and think you're not welcome here, but you are very welcome here. Um, and I think that that's like re really amazing work that you've done. So that like makes us just want to be part of it and, and very excited to, you know, to have films involved. Thanks. I'm, I, I'm going to get all worked up like I did on that live, that, uh, even though I don't have the excuse of drinking tonight. But I, I really try to foster that. I really like, um, uh, Sophia, you said broy, and uh, that's, that's exactly what I don't want this thing to be. Um, I have found that to be kind of a permeating feeling across a lot of um, genre communities. And I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I, you know, had a movie of my own get into a festival when I was early on making movies and I went to it and I was so happy. Hey, I'm in this festival and I get there. And it's just like, it's all super like explicit sexualized violence and, and rapey murders. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm not. And in some ways I'm actually kind of glad I had that experience because it helped inform to make sure that I didn't try to create that kind of feel with my own festival when I decided to make one. So um, I don't know if any of you guys, uh, any of the filmmakers are super bro and want to do <laughs> chest bumps and beer bongs. I, uh, I hope you don't feel unwelcome, but uh, that's not really what I'm, what I'm shooting for. <laughs> I hope you make them uncomfortable too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep trying <laughs> just as the films themselves though i do like that there is a, a good mix of different uh themes and different vibes of the movie you know there's some just silly stuff that you know fun watching uh there's a lot of stuff that's, that's like a you know a serious message and uh and there's you know like there's some really gross stuff so it's a good mix of stuff <laughs> and some of them cross between uh between all of them did Michael what? Sophia? Did you, did anyone else uh, when you filmed your uh, Pride? Was there anyone else there? Or did you, was it just the two of you? That's what we call a, col a closed set. <laughs> yeah. but, like we didn't have any money to make that anthology piece, and so it was really just like us and our apartment. And uh, you know, I embroidered that. That took me a few days to embroider the, the embroidery that's in it. Um, so we shot it over a couple days because of because of the embroidery, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely like was not a movie we would have shot with anybody else there. <laughs> right, right. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, but, did you, know. you try to uh, Did you try to cast for the roles? No, no. <laughs> I wouldn't. I uh, honestly, I wouldn't ask somebody yeah. to. I mean, I know many of you haven't seen it, but um, <laughs> short version is that there's some unsimulated penis stabbings that I wouldn't ask somebody else to do. <laughs> I wouldn't even ask myself to do it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> like, my explanation, uh, I couldn't go with Michael, but Michael went, and at the Q&A, they asked him about the prosthetics. For the <laughs> <laughs> and I was at home like, was like what? Like, like, <laughs> like, yeah. Very lifelike. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it was important. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't mean to steal and uh, sidetrack, but it was important to me when you're making a film, maybe this is a, a spiritual idea about all these films, when you're making a film that's uh, trying to have a strong, you know, type of uh, get a, get a strong response or interact with an idea that's complicated or difficult for people to take in, I think as a filmmaker, if you're an actor, and, and you know, if you're involved in it in any way, it sometimes feels right to push your own experience to something that's uncomfortable or difficult. Um, 
to make it, you know, feel authentic and like you've given something to this movie. So the movie was, you know, hard to make it. I'm sure from what I'm hearing, all of your experiences, many of your movies sound like you have things like that. Um, and I think it's important, you know, that you, that you, you're putting out real heart and honesty in, in what you're doing. And if you're expecting somebody to look at something that's difficult to watch or unpleasant to watch. So that was my feeling about it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josephine and Edwards, have you, uh, Edward, have you, um, have you uh, had other films at other festivals? Okay. Okay. Uh, no, this is our first one that we were like, Hey, let's see if we can survive a project together. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if we can, maybe we'll make more. So, yeah. So have you seen them? Did you, have you watched a movie with other people yet? Uh, yeah, we, we had a screening at. <laughs> Sorry, we just lost somebody here. Acting school. Are we talking about that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we had a screening at his acting school. Everyone there was very supportive. So we were like, oh, you guys are a little biased. You're just being nice. But, you know, it's nice to hear the good responses. Um, and then so that was the only one we really had one where with other people that we were present with. Um, obviously, once COVID hit, uh, we haven't really been to any festivals. So yeah. we don't. We don't know what the I mean, reaction we there. got like in terms of what we cook in reception was the one we had at the Portland Horror Film Festival, like in terms of the reviewers who saw our short film with the blocks, they were, they liked it. They were like, oh, it was like our top favorites. I'm like, great. But it's one thing to, even though it was as biased, even with my acting films, acting school is like, it's just to actually have the room full of people and just be like, did they like it? Did they laugh? Did they gasp? Did they do all that? So it's like, it's a very interesting time we're living in where we quite can't quite have that. So do you yeah, plan on making some could... other things together? Oh, uh, I mean, you know, all this talk, we plenty of things we'd love to do, but we'll see when we actually do it or whatever. Uh, just in terms of not necessarily the best time, I guess right now. But... Yeah. I mean, you know, we, I feel like actors, a lot of times we just talk about all these projects or just anyone in the entertainment industry, like a lot of, chatter like oh yeah i'm working on this and this and this and this and then you like never see it and you're just like what happened to your projects oh <laughs> you know where can people follow you to see uh to see what your guys are up to oh uh well on instagram and facebook i'm slow joe jojo <laughs> and we can actually type in the thing oh yeah you, you, we'll rename it yeah, okay. you, and then for my uh also all my social media handles are it's cinnabon monster <laughs> cinnabon isn't that company you find in airports and malls uh-huh. cinnabon monster are are we have What's a the history in- of that name i'm sorry to ask but oh boy i'm just obsessed with that pastry product <laughs> and so i decided to market myself with it all right i feel enough. like no, maybe we'll make a, another sick and wrong film in the future that involves Cinnabons. And I think Cinnabon <laughs> might maybe sponsor it. We'll see how willing, how generous they are with that. <laughs> the Cinnabonster. I like it. All right. I, sorry, I talked over you. I think you're about to say somewhere else uh, they can follow you. Oh, I was maybe just you weren't, say, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Make a Wish has their own, their own social media. So it's just Make a Wish Film. Uh, which you can find on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, make sure it's not the charity organization. <laughs> we are not the charity organization. Uh-huh. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Jono, will this be the first time uh, watching? Well, I guess you're not watched with people, but the first uh, time uh, having the film at a festival? 
I was just in the Lower East Side Film Festival, which is in New York, where I live. Uh, also a virtual festival, so I wasn't able to see it with an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of uh, did a test screening in a Brooklyn mini festival, I guess. Uh, more like a, a bar with a screen in the back. But it's always good to have an audience. So that was, uh, test audience was good, the first test audience. And yeah, got a nice response. You, yeah. can, you can get a lot, you can learn a lot about your film just by watching it with others and just feeling the vibes that are coming from them. Mm-hmm. And where can people follow you? Um, yeah, John O. Friedrichs. So it's not as original as the other names, but it's like my name. <laughs> you can work on. Yeah. At, yeah, at John O. Friedrichs. That's my Instagram. That's my. Website. Maybe you can get a John O. Pastry out there. And... <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll add tie together. Yeah. Very good. I can and see I... the sun has been setting on a bunch of people as we've been doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anthony's harder to see right yeah. now. That's how I tell how, how much time's passed with Trista because she's natural light. He slowly gets darker as the show goes on. I'm in my basement. So, uh, by the way, John, are you working on anything currently? Yeah, I am. I uh, have a writing partner in Vancouver, Canada, where I'm my home, my hometown, and we have a feature that uh, screenplay that's been optioned. So we're excited about that. Being optioned doesn't mean it'll be green lit but it's still a necessary step so um that is what i'm hoping will come to fruition Excellent. oh and of course i just did a two minute short film uh which i think i'm gonna throw right online almost done it's about dating while in coronavirus era excellent interesting that'd be interesting to see that see that's a theme in your uh, films yeah <laughs> yeah uh anthony yeah. Yeah. So, uh, where can people follow uh, Cosmic Spaghetti? Well, we do uh, Zim Timo is the name of our studio. Z i m t e m o. If you Google that, you can find us on Instagram, Vimeo, and we have a website. Uh, um. Yeah. And, and are you a big up, fan of spaghetti? <laughs> I do love spaghetti. I can't argue with it. You know. <laughs> it is hard to argue with spaghetti. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, we're, we're still doing a Get Up Piero, which was our film in last year's Sick and Wrong. We're still doing that. It's an Instagram choose your adventure. Oh, uh, really? That sounds very interesting. Yeah. Yes, very season cool. two is going strong right now. So I'm going to check that out. Cool. <laughs> and are you working on anything currently? Uh, mostly just Get Up Piero. Um, that's the main thing we're doing. We have a few things we're working on that we're writing, and, but Get Up Hero is the only thing we're actively animating and releasing right now. Mm-hmm. Cool. The next but, time Sick and Wrong is in a live place, I'm going to try to make it dog friendly because I want to meet those kids. <laughs> By the I way, Stephen, how, how does the how does the so if you get your ticket with 25 percent mm-hmm. off with the code word headless? By the way. That's right. That's right. Don't yeah. forget. Without your head, listeners, you get a you go to sickandwrongfilm.com and uh, you can find the link to buy your passes. You get twenty five percent off headless, lowercase, all lowercase, one word because it's one word. Headless is the discount code for twenty five percent off. And How does it work? So someone get someone gets their ticket. So someone once you get your ticket, uh, there's a link that'll take you over to the movies page for the movies. You can watch the movies anytime you want between July 6th and July 12th. The movies are going to be available that entire week. The live stuff is going to, is scheduled, right? So you can tune in live. But if for some reason you can't tune in at the time, once a live event happens, it's going to stay on the festival site for the rest of the festival. Okay. Um, 
Also, if you don't want to buy a whole pass, uh, you know, you suck, but you can buy uh, tickets to individual <laughs> programs. Uh-huh. There are uh, uh, tickets available to individual programs. Just click on that individual program and there's a button there where you can buy a ticket for six bucks just to, if you just want to watch one movie or one block of shorts. Yeah. Uh, but all the live stuff is free. All of the live stuff is completely free. Um, is there any the interaction live. with the, with the viewers if they watch the live? The, there's, so I have to use zoom and um, it's going to interface with the, the festival platform. Right. So there is like, there's a chat function on the festival platform, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to see it through zoom. So I'm, that's something I'm going to be finding out Monday during the first live thing. <laughs> right. But the other people can do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You get, uh, the viewers can chat with each other during the lives. Yeah. I think. <laughs> In theory. Yeah. <laughs> If you know each other, you can instant message on another platform. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kid, uh, where can people follow you and see what you're up to? Yeah, so we pretty much are just going through an Instagram page right now. So it's Instagram.com slash coldbloodedfilm. Excellent. Are you working on anything currently? Um, I'm writing something. I'm working on a wrestling film. Really? I'm a big wrestler. wrestling fan. So. A magic pencil in the men's room of the YMCA. Oh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that old story. I'm sorry. Yeah. writing and figuring out if it's going to be good enough to then actually uh-huh. make. Yeah, that's my quarantine project. <laughs> what does he do? I don't want to ask you know, I don't want you to give away too much of the thing. What does he do with a magic pencil? Oh, like beats up his enemies. It's like a big, Oh, he uses like a, a foreign object. object. Like hiding yes. in the tights. I see. <laughs> It's very empowering. Yeah. I think Abdul the Butcher back in the day actually did use a pencil to stab people. I'm very old, so I know a lot of old wrestlers. Uh, Jeremy, where can people follow you? Uh, on just about every form of social media, <laughs> All right. including you know Steam and uh, uh, Goodreads. I'm at D-Day Films, which is D-D-A-Y-F-I-L-M-S. Um, and there's also a page on Facebook, uh, that's Dangerous Days Productions, and that's also us. Excellent. Are you working on anything currently? Birthday. I'm sorry. Talk over you, Steve. Oh, sorry. I, D-Day is my birthday. Sorry. Oh, well, happy birthday in advance. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I picked it. <laughs> uh, what uh, incredible foresight. <laughs> man, I've, I've been buttering you up for about a decade now. Um, uh, I've been writing a lot. This last movie took something out of me, and so now whatever I actually direct next, I really got to want it. So I'm, I'm writing things along with my co-writer Wolf Stahl until something seems right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, Jay, where can people follow you and or the film? Uh, well, I'm on pretty much uh, Instagram, Facebook, and the film is at lifelike short film on on instagram and then facebook they have a bit, uh, facebook page where you can follow us as well and are you working on anything currently yeah we um we're working on a, a feature now not of this but like something different uh, a little bit more on the comedic side darkly comedic but yeah um so that's uh, that's been optioned and we're we'll see if it gets made uh, we're uh, we're hoping so about about life, like, uh, what do you plan to do with it after the festival run? Uh, we're still trying to figure that out. 
Yeah. Uh, but we will be putting it uh, once all the festival runs uh, are the whole thing's done. Uh, I definitely want to put it somewhere online for people to see. I feel like it's, you know, it's uh, unfortunate we're not able to, to uh, do as many uh, live screenings because of, of the situation, because it was very, it's very uncomfortable being in a live screen. I got, I had one and it was very uncomfortable and it, it would be nice for, you know, them to have access to it as well. Yeah. It's definitely a movie that uh, warrants like people to talk about it afterwards, I think. Yeah. Uh, Sophia and Michael, where can people follow you? I, I believe it's right awesome. here. Yeah. We're everywhere. Uh, yeah, so our production company is called Launchover. So launchover.com. You can find out everything that we're up to. Um, and then just our names are on all the, on all the socials. Yeah. Michael has a blue check on Facebook. Yeah, verified. I got yeah. really good at memes. I got really, really good at memes. <laughs> I know, Mr. Mr. Blue Check over here. I, I know. Yeah, I, got, I had a, somebody like attack. I mean, I don't care that I'm a blue check. Not that but... But Steve was like mad at me about a discussion, and they're like, "Oh, Mr. Bucha!" <laughs> like, I, I, I don't, I don't think it grants me authority. <laughs> like, it's not a big deal. I don't know why. Yeah. You, apparently, you take it very seriously. <laughs> no, I like, yeah, I like that the mohawk now matches the dog as well. Yes, I definitely, I, I bleached my hair to match her dog who was coughing in the background. You can probably hear. He's a little sick right now, but he's okay. Um, but yeah, we're on social media under our names on every, every platform and we do lots, of, we're very stupid everywhere. So you can, if you like stupid things, then I do actually, that's why I like both. I know, that's why we're friends. The, right, right. We both like stupid things. Yeah. the dog has a fascinating internet presence as well. It so. does. Our, dog yeah. is named, does. our dog is named King Ghidorah mm-hmm. after the uh, Godzilla, the golden Godzilla monster. He's, he's a little under the weather right now, but here, here he is. Um, we got him only a few, sorry, this is a way off topic, but we got him only a few weeks ago, uh, a few months ago. How many, three months? Two months. <laughs> no one could keep track of time at the moment. Yeah. Um, time is meaningless. Old, he's an old man. He's an old man. We found out just recently his owner had died and then he was shoveled around, but we took him in and he's, uh, so he's a little bit of an old man, but he's, uh, he's like our favorite thing that has ever happened to us. Was, he's King Ghidorah the dog on Instagram <laughs> and Facebook. <laughs> I love him. And you both seem so happy with him. It's very nice. Or we can't ever go to anything again no. because they, unless it involves me. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, uh, we're not allowed anyway right now. So. All right. You, even, for all the reasons, it's not because of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually bad. Um, but yeah, no, I, I fully support a festival that allows dogs. To, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I vowed to anthony that i was whenever wherever uh 2021 second round takes place it's gonna have to be dog friendly because i want to meet all your dogs yeah, yeah. we got two of them <laughs> bring cats it also has to be disabled friendly because <laughs> one of the dogs is in a wheelchair so oh <laughs> the, the cinnabonsters want to know if they could bring their cat if they could, well this guy's given me a, a pretty bad impression of cats but maybe i should meet some <laughs> other cats uh-huh. and <laughs> remind myself nope. that they have their Michael got too. the he has the gold hair to match a dog. Did you remove your tail to match the cat? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about my tail <laughs> on the public right now, if that's okay. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I was just <laughs> kidding. I don't have a tail. <laughs> really? <laughs> well yeah, I know. You I removed just... it to match a cat. Like I said. But, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> uh, Michael and Sophia, are you working on anything currently? 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, lead, that's a leading question. Answer. That's a leading question. I know. We've been filming the dog a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the middle. We're in the middle of a couple features, actually working with uh, both Neil and, and Trista on, on projects. So uh, one is a sort of mockumentary that's called "The Once in the Future Smash." It's about two guys who played the same character in a 1970s slasher movie, and they have like a rivalry now. So that's that's on hold for the moment uh, until we're allowed to film the remaining half of it. But, um, but yeah, but so that's, that's our main thing that we're, that's kind of in progress, I guess, at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a lot of people uh, interested in involvement in that. And a great poster. Yeah, it is a great, that is all it is at the moment. I put great poster. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's we like, shot. It's like 50%. I <laughs> well, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's complicated, but it's probably like 75% done. So yeah. well, you, you could do that. Uh, what was it? Um, that James Spader show on uh, some fucking network where like for the last episode, the half of it is just like animated. It's just like um, storyboards, like animated yeah. storyboards. We've had these discussions <laughs> already. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> That's blacklist. That was the blacklist. In the film that we hadn't quite decided how we we're going to shoot them anyway, so some of them definitely could be animated. Yeah. In the script of the original, it was some of it was animated, but now we're like, we'll just animate the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to do that. What are some quarantine ideas of things to do? We'll see. All right, very good. All right, I've never second. wished that I could draw any harder than uh, I have during this fucking quarantine. <laughs> if I could draw, I wouldn't need anybody. I could make. Oh, anyway, yeah, you're, you're lucky, Anthony. If you draw yeah, people, well, they can't, can't make draw. movies, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got somebody there who can draw, who apparently just hands you a bunch of drawings and says, or a, a bunch of, like, yeah, a bunch of animation says, here, make something out of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky I'm necessary here. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Uh, Oh, sick and wrong. Looking forward to it. And uh, Tristan and I watch a, bu- a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to review that on Monday. I think that's at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, and all the other time zones. You can figure that out. Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it spoiler-free, but there might be a little more spoilers in on the show here tonight, I think. But we'll try to keep it spoiler-free because it'll be right before my God. The, the festival. Oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> and I appreciate everyone coming and doing the show tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for having us. Thanks, thanks for coming out, everybody. And uh, everybody in the first half, if you're still listening, thanks all of you guys for coming too. And Trista and Neil, thank you for having me. Definitely. And Kat, Gandalf the Gray, thank you for nothing. <laughs> Your cat's adorable. I love the cat. He's very large. He's very large. That's how I value people or, or things. They're very large. <laughs> They're very large. <laughs> uh, Tristan, did you have uh, another comment or anything before we uh, wrap up here? Uh, congratulations, everybody. Neil and I have had so many discussions about how impressed we are and blown uh, away. So, Stephen, uh, truly, like, you've curated uh, an amazing program. We've been, uh, and we both go to a lot of film festivals. So, um, we're just really impressed by it. Thank, thank you so much. I, I, I feel really fuzzy and weird inside hearing that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no, sir, honestly, it's great, great stuff. And uh, everyone here had great stuff that I saw. I think it's actually seen everyone's film here. So, uh, yeah. And time. remember, if you're listening, Headless is your discount code, 25% off. Uh, please come watch some movies with us or just watch all the live stuff for free. You can, you can decide after you listen to some people talk about their movies or something. But, um, 
Yeah, starting on Monday. Yeah, July 6th, I'm, I'm there. Opening night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Normally, support, it's, a- it's a weird time, but, you know, we have to support uh, independent filmmakers and, and creators out there. So if you can do it, go out there and watch all this stuff. It's sick and wrong. It's going to be a good time. Uh, normally there'd be a big blowout uh, catered open bar party the first night of the festival, but it's going to have to be BYOB this year. Sorry, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got my uh, unsweetened seltzer, so I'm ready to party. <laughs> Hell yeah. Listen, unflavored LaCroix is like the only soda I stock in my fridge. And I'm, just and right I'm, not, I'm not as fancy as that. I just have Poland <laughs> Spring, but it's going to do all right thanks everybody for doing this i appreciate it thank you thank all of you thank you very much tristan neil anthony john edwards i thought i'd do this faster i can't do this faster joseph (laughs) (laughs) michael sophia jeremy kid and jay thanks everybody for coming out and all those people in the first half i already forgot yeah and thank you steven yeah for doing this thank you steven and neil and tristan for having us thank you (laughs) Bye. bye and thanks everyone for watching too just thank everybody. <laughs> Thanks, guys. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. We should have The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming night! Monthly! They're coming night! Monthly! They're coming night! Monthly! They're coming night! Monthly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're